I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Why are you trying to make my job harder? What's the problem? I'm just... I'm Why? Just, you know, I've taken the mantra of bare minimum, but Daniel, you have changed. I haven't changed at all. Well, your your mustache is a little bit thicker, and it is it's just... Daniel, he has no. a perpetual look of annoyance on his face. Oh, my God. He That's my facial hair. He wants people to... Quit talking at all times. But Daniel, no shit. You look so much like Randy Orton. <laughs> I saw a picture of Randy Orton today, and I'm like, that looks like Daniel. It looked, it, it, from a side angle, it looked like you and Michael. Because I don't ever, I, I never really thought you and Michael looked alike, and, but your facial hair is the same. Yeah. And, which is crazy. Like the middle child Richard, completely different, you know, in terms yeah. of facial hair. It's it's weird, but like it looked like you. It looked like a mashup of you and Michael. It was the wildest thing. It it was crazy. With a great body. Oh my god, banging, banging. <laughs> oh wait a minute, are we back to stupid sexy Sanders again? Well, I was talking about Randy Orton, but I mean, well, Daniel. Asshole. I was talking about me. I felt so good about that for a moment. Oh, you've got a uh, semi-banging body. <laughs> like, your you weight is of a semi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, shit. Yep. Daniel. Hey. You watched Friday the 13th Part 3, right? Yes, I have. We ought to do an episode on that. I think we will. So when, when you watched Friday the 13th Part 2, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, I can't wait for Friday the 13th Part 3, what was the one thing that you're like, you know this movie's got to have in order to take it to the next level? What, what was your thoughts on that? What would you think? Well, for me, um, I would think um, that... In the previous movie, you know, Jason's the star. He's killing it up, you know? And I feel like, all right, where else could it go? Because you got, you can't stop Jason, you know? You can't get away from Jason. Yeah. You you can't live around Jason. What we need is to make it to where we can't even stop Jason from coming through the screen. Yeah, yeah. We want him to come at us also. Yeah. There's a way that we can make it happen. And then God graced us with Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. In 3D. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Like, you know, it's got the only thing you could do now is have add a new dimension to terror, right? That's right. Well, it's like we've had two dimensions. But what about the third dimension? Yeah. Exactly. Now, if they could just. Why hasn't anyone thought of this yet? 
Blues are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part 3 in 3D. Jason, you can't fight him. You can't stop him. And now, you can't even keep him on the screen. Friday, the 13th, part 3, in 3D. Now, when it comes to killing in Jason's woods, Jason will come to you. Friday, the 13th, part 3, in 3D. A new dimension in terror. It will scare you. You know what could have took your viewing experience for this movie to even further level, though? Is if like since we got the 3D, is why you were watching it. If you just like had Courtney or like on a little Josh in your case, or <laughs> nobody. In the chest well, no. Fork. Well, I wasn't going to say that, guys. You're taking it to extreme. I was going to be like, this is amazing. Just like shake your fucking chair or something, so it's like a 4D theater. Yeah. Like when somebody gets stabbed, there's some like corn syrup in your face or something. <laughs> just so it's an interactive experience. She's like, baby, did I get the corn syrup right? I was worried about the temperature. It was a little chilly. We'll what about the consistency? We'll next week. Too thick? Too thin? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so- it's funny because uh, my response came from the trailer. Because it's like, you can't stop Jason. You can't blah, blah, blah. Now you can't even stop him from coming out of the screen. Or some <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. So here, here we are, guys. Um, Very Unreasonable Things podcast. Covering Friday the 13th, part three. As Daniel said, in 3D. A movie so big, as Josh alluded to, two dimensions were not enough. So I'm Billy Bone. Josh Lindsay. Well, Daniel Sanders and Josh Lindsay. Howdy, howdy. Um, Hi. I'm sure most the people have been listening to this podcast by now know, like, hey, we're just, you know, we're three friends. We've been friends since what? Well, you guys have been friends longer than I have because you knew each other. But we've all been friends since about 2006 at this point, right? Yeah, 2006, yeah. Yeah. Um, And we all like horror movies and like action movies and stuff like that. And we was like, hey. Like movies. Yeah. We are people. Let's talk about. I'm real. Well, I was going to say, you know, I was going to say reasonably intelligent. But that's like, well, we may be giving ourselves too much credit. So we're like, hey, we're, we're three guys that watch movies. Let's talk about it. And so well, we bought a microphone. Yeah. I wouldn't even say reason to be intelligent. We bought a microphone and we can speak words into it. That's And it did take us about 14 months to figure out how that microphone worked. So Well, it did take me a not. year to figure out which way was the right way. I mean, that the is mute true. Button. It, it I mean, that's So reasonably intelligence uh, for speaking for me uh that's a stretch. Well, that's that's why I left that out. You know, like I said, we're just we're three people that are alive. 
Yep. <laughs> Watch Friday Thirteenth Part Three. Yes. Yeah, and I think it's going to be safe to say that for each of us, we've all seen it. Each of us have seen it probably too many times at this point. Yeah, Josh, you asked me uh, earlier how many times I'd seen it, and Daniel did I the mean, math. Just I started, and then he had to send it away to NASA. The results came yeah. back. But I mean, I'm sure it's over thirty. I'm sure it's over thirty. Oh yeah, it's got to be. Like whenever you yeah. know. It's like you had said something before about putting something on in the background. Whenever you can put mm-hmm. a movie on in the background and you're not missing a beat because you've seen it so many times, you know you've seen it a lot. And this yeah. is one of those movies. Oh, it's oh sta- yeah. It's a staple, man. And it benefited, at least for me, it had a benefit of being one of those movies that stood out whenever you go into the into the VHS rental stores. Uh the family-owned stores, the the blockbusters, you know, the mom and pops, just whatever, because it had catchy box art, and that was actually one of the things I wrote down. Like, because that's how a lot of these movies were sold to you when you would go rent. Right? It was you know, what did the box art look like? Did the box art grab you and draw you in? Yeah, you know, that was only one factor. Obviously, the movie had to deliver; otherwise, you'd just be pissed that you rented something based on like a cool box art. But yeah. that silhouette of Jason, yeah, yeah. But that silhouette of Jason stabbing through the like curtain or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that was that's a pretty fucking good. Did like, they have the reflector shit back then too? Because that's like eighties technology, isn't it? I, I don't, you I don't think so. Would turn I, it and it would, you yeah, it, really. You make it sound. Like I don't think it was silly. like the frighteners. The frighteners had that. I remember. I think a lot of that yeah. came about when like comic books started doing variant covers. And that was '90s. They started doing holograms and like uh, the covers, like you were talking about, where you could turn them and it kind of change. Uh, late '80s, early '90s. Um, so maybe a little bit after Friday the 13th Part Three in 3D. Yeah, it was probably just the regular. But thing, I know there was a point in the '90s. Anytime you bought like a comic book, there was like, you know, like I said, you had the hologram cover or the chromatic cover or Spider-Man the, had the that, foil, the foil yeah. covers. And yeah. yeah, some of that did make it to movies and VHS tapes. How familiar are you guys with the VHS covers to this uh, four movie franchises that we're covering? How familiar are y'all? Well, I, I don't I'm think there's anybody. Context, I'm pretty familiar. I was yeah. going to say, I don't think there's anybody here between the three of us and probably just anybody that's familiar with Friday the 13th that – couldn't look at Friday the 13th part four and not be able to pick it out of a lineup. Yeah. Well, without- I'm, including, I'm including nightmare and Halloween, obviously Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like the remake was DVD era 2003, but I think, uh, how box art. If you, can you see it in your mind's eye? Yeah. I mean, I can see Halloween cause Halloween, the first Halloween had the kind of side view of the pumpkin with the knife coming down. The second mm-hmm. one had the pumpkin with the skull. The third one had mm-hmm. like Halloween where the words kind of swooped in together and it went down into that face of that. Yeah. But it was also the kids walking. Yeah. But you had like the the, the face. Yeah. Uh, Halloween four was the Michael Myers mask. I think Halloween five and, was. Oh, the, the niece was in that one, right? With the. Uh, yeah. Uh, the niece was in part five. Yeah. That's, that's what yes. I thought. Part five was her within like the clown costume. Right. Yeah. And then, like, half of Michael Myers' face. Um, 
Friday the 13th part one was the silhouette with the woods, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, part two was, uh, that one's the one that kind of gets me. I know part three is, so if one of y'all knows part two, chime in. Of Friday? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I I feel like it's probably similar to the first one a little bit. I think it is. No, isn't it a bloody bed? Isn't it from the the kill with the spear? I'm not sure. And it's like the body count continues? Maybe. I know part three was the silhouette behind the sheet with a machete coming out. But then Uh, after that, that's when the VHS boom happens. And we all remember. Part four, four, the mask, the knife. Part five was the 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 mask. A new beginning. Even, it was well, the new it, mask. Well, it's not even a new mask. It's a mask that doesn't fucking show up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, part, that's right. Part six was uh, the uh, Jason Liz was that grave. was the tomb. Yeah, the tombstone. Yeah. Part seven was the new blood half dagger, mm-hmm. and it's half Jason. But then Jason ask. takes Manhattan. Yeah, and then. Then, uh, which probably the best part about this fucking movie was the cover of Jason Goes to Hell, was like that chrome mask with like the snake. Part two was the silhouette holding the bloody axe. Ah, okay. Okay. So it was similar to the first one. Are we not going to cover? We're not covering uh, Nightmare on Elm Street because I was about to go through those. No, yeah. That's what I was going with. Nightmare on (laughs) Elm Street. Yeah. But I was going to ask, out of the movies that we're covering, because I was thinking about this the other day, what is your favorite, I want to say VHS cover art, but I'll just say poster cover art? Because mine has always been, and obviously I asked this question because I knew my answer. It's funny you bring this up, though, because I was thinking about this, too, actually, a little bit, the same thing, and think about bringing this topic up, but go ahead. Mine is um, a movie we haven't gotten to, obviously, without a doubt. And I got my my number two. And my number two is a very close number two. Um, my number one is a Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Master. That is just beautiful artwork. If you remember it. That's the one where the claws like going through his face somewhat, isn't it? And it's like it's sort of bringing out his eye, yeah. yeah. And then in the, in the yeah. background, it's sort of the uh, the uh, junkyard. Yeah. And number two is Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two, where they uh, parodied the Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah. Which was when you're like seven in the in in the video store. It was like just the scariest thing ever because it's all these figures oh, yeah. doing the breakfast club pose and you're like what is that yeah it is funny but, like because whenever you're younger you're in there you know you want to go to the horror store you know you're not supposed to be in the horror section or whatever which my parents are pretty lenient no my parents you know didn't give I mean? a fuck like you know what i mean it's like whatever you know they knew that you know I didn't get scared from scary movies, so I'd yeah, go in there. But you would still get weird, weirded out by some of these covers. It's like, I don't want to watch that. 
Like, yeah. I, remember, I brought this up before, but the serpent and the rainbow. I don't know oh, why, yeah. but that cover freaked me out. And I'm like, I don't want to see that fucking We'll movie. have to cover that sometime, though. Yeah. We'll have to do like a Wes Craven, you know, sort of deep dive. Because that is like, that cover is scary. And that might be one of Craven's best. Yeah. Too. I think um, Dream Master is a good choice. I'm just thinking. I'm. I was thinking about the other Nightmare on Elm Street ones because you have the one with uh, Nancy in the bed. Yeah, yeah. Have- Which is, I mean, it is so good. Mm-hmm. That one, the first one. Uh, you have Dream Warriors, where you know he has like the glove out, and yeah, I, you know and the, the problem with Dream Warriors, though, I think is the. It's not Freddy. It's not the glove or anything like that. And it's not the uh, it's center. False person. advertising. Well, no, yeah. not, not that. But it's like <laughs> exactly. the other the <laughs> outside like covered in flames. Outside of the girl <laughs> in the dress, and outside of Freddy, though, some of the other character models are lacking. As far as like details, I guess. Well, uh, they also had like a dude with a um, a ball and chain. Yeah. Which, but it is really funny though because Bones like talking about the Nightmare uh, franchises posters, and that's my thing. Like when I started thinking about all of them, I'm, you know, kind of looking at Nightmare. Like Nightmare had the best posters. I like, just went by a long shot. Well, you know, I yeah. have I have the Dream Warrior poster. You know, because we had all yeah. gotten a poster. Daniel, I think which one did you get? I was supposed to. That's another thing I bailed on. Uh, which one were you but supposed I was to get? Get number two. Or no, I was going to get four. Right? No. Yeah, yeah. Aaron was we got Aaron get. number two. Yeah, yeah. That's so right. apparently, on the Dream Warriors poster, Storm from the X Men is on the co- on that poster. Yeah, it's it is. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a, it's a girl with like white hair and like a switchblade. It looks like her early X Men model. No, what's funny is is that poster was drawn up whenever they were coming up with the first idea of like, okay, this is the story we're going to go with. This is what we're doing. Tell the fucking all graphic people this is what we're doing. And they came up with their own shit. That's probably exactly what happened. No, like lots of communication stopped after they said warriors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fucking no more emails or faxes were sent after that. Yeah. I I was a big fan of the Halloween 2 box art also. I don't know if something about like the the pumpkin with the like skull face kind of like melded into it. That might be the best Halloween poster, honestly, is Halloween too. Yeah. I think I think Zombies Halloween sort of emulated that as well. I don't know. I think that Halloween I know his Halloween part two poster was Michael like stabbing down. No, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah. fucking mask is all blown out on the side. Yeah. yeah. I don't that's remember it. what yeah. the first the, the first one was uh like the boy in a costume, right? And then like him standing behind him and like they had like the paper mache mask or some shit. Something like that. Maybe. I don't know. So, but yeah, the, the, the fucking box. I love the, the, the VHS box for um, Friday 13th part three. And, you know, but much like the rest of this movie, they had to work that 3d in there somehow. So you get that machete kind of stabbing forward, which in the box art looks fine. Yeah. yeah, it looked it looked uh, really cool. And then, and wasn't this one of the first? Was this one of the first 3D movies? Or there was so a, when I was special? when I looked at it, it this? was um, they said something about like it was the first 
I, mean, I may be wrong. The first movie shot specifically for like 3D since like the 50s or something like that. Well, the I 50s had this deal when they did it. I know they changed well, cameras, or they—I think they changed their cameras like partway through or something like that because they were worried about the lenses, and then they got sued for it. Well, the fifties had this boom that. of the three D technology, and then in the early eighties, it it's obviously it came back, and especially around this time period, you had these studios that were just taking these chances because they're dealing with these sequels and you had to you had to have something when you're doing these sequels and it is it is funny because there are more movies that were in 3D during this time but when you think about it 1983 specifically you had Friday you had Amityville 3D, and you had Jaws 3D. Yeah. So all these studios were thinking, well, jumping on the 3D wave. Well, we got to do something different, and this 3D thing is sort of it's um kind of like when the 90s when everybody started going to space with their stories eventually. Yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, a little jump. bit. Yeah. yeah. And okay. I, I want to ask this. Uh, sp- specifically, I guess, to Daniel. Because I know you... You, I think you go to the theater more than me and Bone. I think that's a yeah. fair assessment. That's beyond fair. Yeah. What? What's the last 3D movie you've seen in theater? Oh, well, now it's a little harder because now everything is like 3D. I mean, most everything that comes out, whenever it first comes out, you can watch it in 3D, XD, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that, you can still do 3D? I know, right? Yes. Well, you've been what to you the mean? theater. Huh? I said you've been to the theater recently. You can tell us definitively. Oh, well, yeah, but I don't, I don't always go see 3D. What's the last thing you saw in 3D? The last thing I saw in 3D um, was probably, I don't know. That's crazy. Maybe like Avengers Endgame, something like that. It's been a while. Where you had glasses. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. See, I haven't but seen not the red and blue shit anymore. They're like black. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. They got a whole different situation. I haven't seen it be an option though recently. To the point where no, three- at one point at one point. 3D televisions, like that was a hot technology for TVs. No, it died. It yeah, died and like that when TVs come out, nobody's talking about 3D. That's not even like a, a thing on like top end televisions. No, I, I was gonna say like okay, uh, I was gonna ask, what's your because. F- I know we probably have an answer for this. What's the best movie you've seen in 3D? Actual 3D. Theater. Um, I don't know, man. It would be long. It would be an older movie. But I do remember going and it was like, dude, that was badass in 3D because they really worked it in there and everything. And I'm sure it was a superhero film. I don't know which one it was. It was The Godfather it, Part 2. 
But uh, they. Didn't I mean, that was crazy. <laughs> that horse head really pops out at you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm that's part sure. one, though. But was oh was I thought it was that part, was definitely part one. I thought it was part oh, two was when he went about to Hollywood. Trailer for one that they showed right before he watched. <laughs> that was in three. Was in three Are you sure it was part one? John, Johnny Fontaine's. No, that is part one. I thought the whole thing with Hollywood was in part two. No, no spoilers. Bone. I was going to say Mad Max Fury Road. I can't remember if I watched it in three D. We did together. Oh, well then, okay, yeah, well then that would, yeah, that would be the answer. I didn't, uh, okay. But, you know, like, given the choice, I'm going to avoid 3D. That's just, I, I don't like it. Yeah, I tried it a few times. Um, I think that we may have saw... Age of Ultron in 3D. It may have been like me and Lizzie and my daughter. And I remember Bailey talking about it made her head hurt. And, and you know, and she was, she didn't have contacts at the time. So she's, I think she was wearing her glasses. And it's, I don't know. It's, I'm not a fan myself of gimmicks when I watch a movie. Like, I don't need to smell the movie. I don't need to have like water thrown in my face from, you know, a chair or something like that, you know, or be turned upside down to simulate being in a, a fighter plane. Uh, and I, I feel like, and you see it in this movie, but I feel like a lot of times that the, when we're, people make a movie, especially specifically with 3D in mind, they force scenes. Yeah, oh, they lean too I mean, hard into it. Yeah. And it takes away we'll from the We'll get movie. into that with this movie. Yeah. Of course. Oh, there's a lot and, to get into. And well, since we're talking about 3D, I just want to go ahead and put this out here. And I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, I know there's a lot of people that like the movie. Um, but I'm a, I'm of the belief that the movie only did as well as it did because it was new technology at the time, and you know people bought into the gimmick of watching it. That's Avatar. I tried to watch Avatar, and I fell asleep. It was so boring. It doesn't even, and even at the time when it first came out, I didn't think that the special effects looked that good. And I get that the movie was in 3D, but it just, for me, wasn't a very enjoyable movie, you know, to the point where, like I said, I passed the fuck out and had no intentions and no interest of going back and watching it. Yeah, like, uh, I didn't watch it in the theaters or anything like that, but uh, I have seen clips of it here and there on TV years ago. I mean, we're talking about a fucking 40 year old movie now, you know? <coughs> But I never really got into it either. You know, it wasn't. I'm sure if I sat down and watched it, you know, it was like, man, this is nice and amazing, whatever. But I just never really got into it. And it's the premise, you know, you, I get. I mean, that's cool. You know, like I could see it's an interesting situation. I just never went back to watch it and never got into it. So now when people are like, Avatar 2 is coming out because it's huge news. Yeah. I'm like, man, I haven't ever even seen the first one. And I get hit with the, what? That's crazy. You know? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this didn't look like a good movie. Like when I tried to watch it, it didn't seem like a good movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've sat through some bad movies and I don't know, not, not the movie for me. Yeah. You know what is a movie for me, though?
awkward 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 silence. <laughs> I thought that you were going to say what movie, Daniel? We thought we thought you had mastered like your delivery, and you would like like okay, the pause is long enough. Now let me say what I was going to say for maximum impact. But you were just like, no, you went with the Seth MacFarlane route of. I'll drag this gag on so long that it'll quit being funny and become funny again. I was just being no. polite and giving you a chance to speak. No, Daniel, you should have let that pregnant pause play out and just played the game of who was going to talk first. <laughs> yeah. And eventually, but what got movie, Daniel? Funny. Oh, Apocalypse Now. That's a good movie. Firefox? What'd you say? He said Apocalypse Now. Where Apocalypse the fuck did you now. get Firefox? Firefox? What is that? Is that like, are you reading shit off your computer? <laughs> are you messing with your web browsers again? I think that's like a Clint Eastwood movie from the early, early 80s. I'm not sure though. Maybe. I don't know. Don't he have a, um, you know, a flamethrower in that one? The hunts foxes and shit? Yeah. Well, no, he has a, like a slingshot that shoots flaming foxes. Now that is a fucking movie right there, dude. <laughs> a t-shirt cannon that shoots fucking flaming. Clint Eastwood He's a ain't fucking gonna genius. shoot no fucking slingshot. I'll just tell you that right now. It's Clint Eastwood, a dude. Uh, I don't know, man. Clint Eastwood was in a fucking movie about street fighting that had an orangutan in it. So let's not act like Clint Eastwood's not above a paycheck. No, but if he's going to fire something, it ain't going to be no slingshot. It's going to be a fucking gun. It might be like the forty-four Magnums, the slingshot. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be pretty hefty to shoot these flaming foxes anyways. You know, it's I, be I, 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 I know we're like a very specific podcast. I'd love if we got into some, to some Clint Eastwood movies, so that'd be, that'd be fun. Well, if Clint Eastwood is in Friday the 13th at any point, we will. God, that. You know what? The closest we're going to get is part four, Ted White playing Jason. I think he actually was a stunt double for Clint Eastwood or John Wayne. That might be the closest we get. Yeah, he was a pretty rugged fella. Yeah. Let's, um, let's, uh, we got a lot to talk about here, I think. Let's get into this. Yeah. So Friday Thirteenth Part Three, August released August Thirteenth, nineteen eighty two, was ninety five minutes long. Had a budget of two point two million. Made a hefty thirty six point seven million dollars at the box office. Directed by Steve Miner, who, as you may know, directed Friday Thirteenth Part Two. Stars Dana Kimmel, who is who plays Chris, and was also in. A little movie called Lone Wolf McQuaid. Uh, you got Tracy Savage, who, oh my God, now I'm just drawing a blank on her fucking character's name all of a sudden. Uh, Jesus, what is her name? Daniel, uh, check your notes. What's her name? <laughs> so, Tracy Savage, though, who did, this is like her. I get, and it showed in her credit, so at least on Wikipedia, being like her last movie. And then after that, she went into journalism, which she'd covered uh, the OJ trial. Yeah, been, was pretty successful at. Larry Zerner. We all know who Larry played, played Shelly. Uh, one of, uh, I think, maybe two characters that actually were in the movies besides Jason that made it into the Friday 13th part video game. Because I think yeah. Fox made it into the game, right? 
Yeah, Fox Moon in the game. She did. And yep. every other character in that game is based on an archetype. I mean, you like there's a Chris archetype in there, but it's not actually Chris. Yeah. Uh, yep. Then you got Richard Brooker, who is playing Jason, who was in the movie Deathstalker. And I don't know if y'all have ever seen Deathstalker. I think I have, and I don't remember it. But the one thing I do remember about Deathstalker, and this goes back to the fucking VHS box art we talked about. Box art. Dude, the Deathstalker in that movie is like in some little loincloth, and he is ripped to fucking shreds. Oh, yeah. And looks oily. He's juiced. Even yeah. in the fucking cover, he looks oily. Um, but yeah, so some of I mean, I guess before we get in, into the movie proper, and especially in the hills of Halloween Part Two, I was reading that um, the one of the original ideas for this movie was be was for Jenny to have gone to a hospital and for Jason to follow her there and try to kill her. Which would have been very much like a fucking Halloween part two. Yeah, and, I'm really glad they didn't do that. Yeah, and I think part of that was because, you know, the actress ended up not taking the role. And she had said something along the lines, I think it was, like, I think her agents had turned it down. She wasn't sure exactly what happened. Maybe it was the money or the script. She don't know, but it didn't happen. Um, first movie also filmed outside of the East Coast. This one's filmed in California. And the last thing I want to say before we get into it. And I know, Josh, you hate Rotten Tomatoes, but I, I just I went there because I saw a note about this. And the Rotten Tomatoes score in this movie is 7%. Yeah. The audience score is 42%. That's a pretty big divide. Yeah. It's pretty low on the audience score. I get, I get the uh, critic score at this time. They Even compared to some other movies, though, I guess I... Uh, struggle with it a little bit just like seven i i'm like you i understand why critics are giving horror movies low scores but seven is really low and i've seen some shit movies that are horrible that have a higher rating than this yeah it surprised me when i saw that too i saw uh, where i saw it was an eight percent but i was like holy shit that's crazy low because uh because i like this one you know i mean it's well, it, you know, I'm not going into that whole deal, but it's not like one of my top favorites, but it's one I enjoy. It's not one that it's like a chore to watch to get through, you know, or whatever, you know. And look, there are certain movies that just aren't made for critics who yeah. are judging movies, you know, like this movie isn't for them, yep. you know. Now it's different. This isn't a drama. Well, now everybody, now everybody, yeah, exactly. But now everybody has a blog and, you know, they can have their different takes. But at that time in 1982. Well, now everybody loves every movie. Well, no, but there's, there's a pocket for just about every genre. No, I get what you're Um, saying. Like, and every, and every, like, like, if, let's let's take Hatchet for example. If that was made in 1982, it would have been lambasted as well. Oh yeah. Well, know? I think I think a large part of that too is like who were the most prominent critics of the time? Like who are the two names? Well, I mean the two names that everybody knows is Siskel and Ebert. Exactly. But but what I'm saying is, is it's these are the two most prominent people, and they're the ones that are always saying like these movies are shit or whatever, and whose voice gets echoed. 
like you had, I mean, there was other critics out there, but they didn't have that kind of pull or stroke or just whatever. I'm sure they were probably like, oh yeah, this is a decent movie, but hey, it's not these guys. They're not, you know, nationally broadcasted or whatever. I don't know. It's like you said, though, nowadays, everybody has access to be able to put their thoughts out there and everybody has access to receive that information. So it gives you... Yeah, look at us, for instance. Yeah, I mean, exactly. case in point. Exactly. So you have a wider range. Whereas in the past, though, your your information you were given was limited. And so you were kind of subject to what these two people... And I'm not knocking them because, I mean, you know, they have valid criticisms of movies, but they were notoriously hard on like horror movies, right? Uh, to where they, they just shit on them all the time. So they weren't the right people. They shouldn't have been the critics you've gone to for that type of movie. But these were the people that were shoved down your throats. Exactly. So. And it's funny because some motherfuckers, they might, you know, they might take that advice, you know, like, let's just say it's not somebody that they, they're into any type of movie. They're just getting into the store. They want to just get a movie for the night. Cause it's Saturday night. That's what they do. They eat popcorn and watch a movie and that's their routine. So they'll go grab anything. Some people might be like, oh, Siskel and Eber gave this two thumbs up. And it's like, so then they start kind of following that because everyone knew that name, those names, you know? And then it's looking, there's like two thumbs down. I'm not checking that out. It's like, boy, you just might have missed out on a great horror masterpiece. This like, I would be curious. I would be curious to know how much influence, because when you, when you talk about music, uh, even music critics, sorry, even movie critics, well, movie critics specifically, how much influence they had over what we call the flyover states. You know? Like, is somebody in Indiana not going to see a movie because a New York Times movie critic shit on it? I am curious to know, like... you know, it, like what the percentage of that is. It may not necessarily stop somebody from watching it, but in, and none of us were around or at least in a, around in a way where we would be able to know any better about this. But I guess theoretically it could have been possible. Like if you're a, if you're a, an owner of a small theater and you only get like a select number of films that you can show. Like you're like one, like Carthage used to be one screen, right? But you, man, horror sells though. But you want to, but let's, but let's just say that whatever I, I get what you're saying. But what I'm saying is, so you're, you've got like a limited number of things you can show. It's possible that like these things could have influence on that, especially if you're not just like a, Savvy person, because I mean, there's been, I'm sure we've all been to a business or something where you're like, man, I don't know how that place is still in business. It seems like they're clueless. Yeah. And you also have to look at the fact that this is back then. So there wasn't a whole lot of promotion. You know, you would see a trailer here or there, whatever, but it was TV spots, mainly. A little TV spot, maybe, you know? And you were looking in the paper. There, there was a thing called a newspaper, and that's what you would look in. For what is movie. this newspaper you speak yeah, exactly. of? Exactly for your movie times, <laughs> and sometimes there would be a little, little, you know, excerpt in that bitch about the movie or whatever. Someone, 
No, I, I yeah, I because I used to. God, this is going to make it sound so fucking old. Uh, but that was my favorite thing about the newspaper. Well, the sports section and then the entertainment section, especially when they had like their fucking like the movie reviews and they were talking about the news. Oh, yeah. Reviews. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's like, Definitely. oh, finally. And you fucking go through there and then you read and, you know, sometimes it can be really disappointing. Yeah. But it don't matter what the fuck the critic says if you're a horror fan or if you're a Friday the 13th fan. You don't give a fuck what they're well, going to say. You're obviously going to see this movie. So there is that small, that, like you said, pocket of people that aren't fanatics. That being said, Daniel, and I hate to um, spoil it, but 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, there's a lot of reasons why I don't, I don't, I don't go to Rotten Tomatoes. I don't. But 42%. Because you got to imagine people who watch Friday the 13th Part 3, 3D, you know what you're getting into. A critic yeah. is one thing. A critic is is what it is. They're a, they're, they went to school for journalism and they love movies. Okay, that's one thing. But like 42% Dude, is our movies. people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's insanely low for this movie. Oh, it is very low. You know, I got a theory. Here's my theory on that. Is in their quest to have Zack Snyder represented as, or not represented, but as, have Zack Snyder recognized as the greatest filmmaker of all time, the Zack Snyder fans who love the Zack Snyder extended cut of Justice League or whatever went and review bombed every other movie in existence. So that that shitty Rotten Tomatoes score that Justice League has would be above everybody else's favorite movies. No, I know that, that sounds. Could be one thing. I know it's stupid. I just. <laughs> you what sound like it's kind of like a Zack Snyder fan now because you're no, filled I just, with. I just saw something pop up because, like, have y'all seen all this shit with Ezra Miller? Oh yeah. Getting and doing crazy stuff or something. So apparently he, and I don't, and I don't know if it's true or false. So this is just what I've read. But the word around the campfire is, is that he groomed a twelve-year-old until the point that they were eighteen, and then they ran off together. Or depending on where you get your news from, they either ran off together or he kidnapped. But then he made supposedly made like a series of posts on Instagram, like mocking the authorities, and deleted his Instagram account. And now nobody can find him. And so Warner Brothers has finally come out and said, hey, Ezra Miller is not going to be a part of DC going forward. No matter what happens with The Flash, no matter what happens with him, he's out. Yeah. And at this point, there's only like two people from the Justice League movie. This is why Justice or Zack Snyder was trending. There's only two people left from that Justice League movie in like the DC universe with uh, uh, Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa. Everybody else is out. Henry Cavill, they I don't know why they got rid of Henry Cavill as Superman. I liked yeah, him as was, Superman. I think that he was the best option out of your group of people. To me, he was the best part of this whole DC universe. Yeah. Um, but he's gone. Uh, ben Affleck, obviously, is gone. Um, Ezra Miller's gone now. Uh, Ray Fisher's gone, who played Cyborg. And all these other people that were a part of this project now are out, and you've got two people left. And then, of course, there's just a bunch of jokes about Ezra Miller 
And so they make all these little flash memes. And so yeah. there was people I mean, like there were people tweeting and stuff talking about like you know save the Zack Snyder DC universe and shit. And I'm like, ah, it's like I look, I, boat, I get, and that's not Zack Snyder's fault, you know. As far as like what these people are doing, you can't blame him for that. There's a lot of things you can blame him for. I'm personally like he's got some movies I like, but he relies on the same gimmick over and over and over. And there's only so many movies I can watch with the same slow motion effect before I'm just like, dude, get a new trick. Speed Learn your camera up. Learn to tell a story <laughs> without slow-mo. But you cannot blame him for the shit that's happened with Ezra Miller, you know, and the shit that happened between like Ray Fisher and Josh Whedon and stuff. That has nothing to do with Zack Snyder. So in that sense, I do feel a little sorry for him. You know, that because that's beyond his control. You are a Zack Snyder. That is what you were trying to do. Exactly what Josh did. Yeah. This is the Zack Snyder Fan Club Podcast. We've officially transitioned from the Foo Fighters <laughs> Fan Club. Yeah. To where we go, where we go to Zack Snyder. Cancel right. those Foo Fighter embroidered shirts. Get those Zack Snyder shirts made, Daniel. Yeah, I'll see if I can catch them. It is still. But but no, it is it is crazy. Just like the shit that's happened with like people in DC movies recently. Cause you know, you had the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing, you know, Amber Heard was an Aquaman, Ooh. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. What happened between them? They're happily married though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they live in bliss. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're not going to go in. You know, better. I haven't heard we're, anything about that. We're not going to go into all that, this but news to me. she was, she was a part of, you know, obviously she was in Aquaman and she was in Aquaman too. And it looks yeah. like Warner brothers has cut the majority of her footage out. Which, yeah. once again... Replacing her with Bruce Campbell? <laughs> I know I saw that. <laughs> I saw that fucking request and the petition for that. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you have this shit happen with her. Then you have this shit happen with Ezra Miller. And you're just like, man, these are two fucking... These are major properties that we invested in. And they're both in danger of being fucked. Because, like, at some point, <clears throat> it has to become a possibility, right? Especially with Ezra Miller, with... With Amber Heard, you can just cut her scenes out. Or do like they did in that Army of the Dead and just fucking put a different actor in there and digitize their face or some shit. I don't know. But with Ezra Miller, it has to get to a point. At some point, you have to be like, can we even release this movie? If this shit continues on... Like oh, if yeah. if he gets like apprehended and you and it turns out that like he did this nefarious stuff that people are accusing him of, can you fucking release that movie? Yeah, that Flashpoint movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think you can, right? And that is a crazy situation because I wouldn't think you'd be able to either. And that's uh, I mean, shit. What do you think they spent on that fucking movie? A hundred million. I don't know, but you're not going to be able to fucking promote it. Like it's not it'll end up and at the, and I want to say like there becomes a point too where I think. It costs the studio more money to release a movie, yeah, and that it might get to that. Like you just may have to like cut your losses and just be like, "Yeah, sorry guys, you're never watching this movie." I know they'd probably just reshoot it with a different actor, but um, what about that uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Three? Guys, on this, but the score is ridiculous because when I saw it, it blew my mind. No, oh, yeah, the fans were. Yeah, 42% seemed 
42% seemed low to me. Well, I was going to say, what about that story, Josh? What story? Friday 13th Part 2. What happened in the movie? Can you tell part us? Three. Yeah, Part 3, not Part 2. I'm sorry. The story? Oh, no. No, I, I don't have a story. Well, can you just give us a quick rundown? Wing it? Well, yeah. Uh, Jason comes back through the grace of God. How long after the other movie? Was this like a five-year gap or what? No, 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 no. He he got up immediately. He evaded authorities and... Went and shaved his head. Don't <laughs> Yeah, just did a quick change and... Got um, some new clothes. <laughs> yeah, and then he proceeded to... Um, to go to the Haven for Higgins. And, you know, he saw a bunch of fucking waspy teenagers he had was, to get rid of. Was Chris's last name Higgins? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I couldn't yes. remember it. I was sitting there because looking. Because I put that in my notes and then I wikipedia it. <laughs> well, yeah, I wikipedia it because I also, again, uh, you know, Again, it's a ongoing weak joke. It's the bare minimum podcast. I did read uh, today the Kemp Crystal Lake Memories Chapter 3 portion of the book. Um, A book? What is that? Well, I, I had my girlfriend read it to me. I... I, I told her, I'm like, I'm not fucking reading. You, yeah. No way. Uh, I do have to ask, Bone. I know you've got Bailey there. Did you pop in your Shout Factory? Did you look at any of the special features? No, uh, not on this one. My, my uh, DVD player is in the living room, and I watched it in, in my bedroom. She was in here. Watching TV, okay. and I think uh, maybe playing Xbox or something. So I just watched my iTunes copy. Okay. So I, I didn't get a chance to look at the special features. Again, we are a bare minimum podcast. It's no extra work. Well, that's not accurate, but sure. Well, I mean, it is kind of a no, little bit. I mean, I, I usually put in a little effort. I mean, I get, <laughs> I, I get to, dude, I don't just know all these facts off the top of my head about the budget and stuff. I look this up on Wikipedia. Uh, still, I look at the, I uh, look at the for production two seconds. Notes. I look at the production notes. I take notes. Oh, um, so what was your favorite? What was your favorite map on Friday the 13th? The game. Oh, look, hands down, hands down. Look again. 42%. If you're listening to this and you're a 42%er, then fucking cut this podcast off because it's going to be a fucking love fest for me. Uh, my favorite map was Higgins Haven. And what was that? Fucking barn. Daniel, what was your favorite map? We're talking about Friday 13th game. I don't know if this has been established. Uh, Yeah, that's I knew. I was just trying to think, and um, no, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the three people who were listening. The listener, 
Those people. I forget about them all the time. Um, <laughs> it probably would be, I don't know, it might be Higgins Haven or uh, Part 4. I don't know if they named that. I don't know right? if they named that. I can't remember either. That map was okay. There was something about the layout in that one that didn't. I like the two big houses. You could go check out yeah. uh, Tommy's bedroom. That was pretty cool. I liked it. I liked Pack-a-Neck. Pack-a-Neck uh, was is up there, yeah. Dude, like if he, if you got caught upstairs and Jason caught you upstairs, oh, yeah, you had one that's fucking it. way to go, and that was out the goddamn window for two stories up. Yeah. And then your ass is limping the rest of the way until you got the med yeah. kit. Oh, man. Yeah. Pack-a-Neck was really good. But, okay, okay. In terms of a movie, though... This is my favorite Friday 13th locale in, ter- in, in terms of movie because they all, they, you know, we know this. They all, they all are different from here on out. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, not even from here on out, from here on out from the first one. This is my favorite location based Friday 13th movie. Yeah, it, um, I I like I did I like the uh, the way the movie looked too, like starting with like the the store, you know, just like when you see like that kind of I guess crane shot of the store, mm-hmm. that the uh, the house, the barn, all that. But let's go back since we're talking about it, talking about the store. That had to be the worst run store ever, right? Holy shit! Because you got old dude, man. Like I and I imagine like his wife and I got their names written down. Um, His name's Harold, right? Harold and Edna. It's Harold and Edna. Like I imagine, like Edna's trying to run like a decent business and shit, and Harold is just fucking like, oh, here's some peanuts. Let me eat out of the jar on the shelf. Yeah. No. Oh, here's some donuts. Let me eat a fucking donut and then drink this orange juice. Well, first off, it's unrefrigerated Sunny D that he puts back. Like the peanuts is one thing. Okay, I'm a, I'll I'll give you that, Harold. Peanuts. Well, you know, it's not sealed. It's not. It's 1982. Obviously, we're drinking and smoking bud while pregnant. Well, no, man. They had the fucking. Uh, she passed on both. Yeah, she things, though, she right? passed on the doobie. She passed. She changed her mind on the beer too, didn't she? And she passed. She on, did yeah. change her mind. And but, she passed on eating the pot also. Okay. And she passed on living and actually having that child. As she well. she had an abortion. Actually, is what happened. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, Jason helped her out with that. Yeah, yeah. just a little bit. You know, but he well, I missed her uterus by two foot to the north. I will say I will. this though. In 1982, I know this for a fact. Maybe not the drinking beer, but women were at least a little. They were less. In, they were more inclined to smoke, whether oh, it's yeah. my mom did. Or, my mom oh, yeah. did never stop when she had all of us. Um, what does it say though? I, and this is going to be such a minute thing. And this is just because of like all the years in retail and everything. But Sunny D, when it's shipped, doesn't have to be refrigerated. It's not until after you open it. Bone, 
Bone, I'm going to tell you <laughs> the same thing I tell my daughter when she's like, Daddy, I'm hungry. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just shut the fuck up. Hunger. No, but listen, I have thoughts on this whole grocery store thing, too, and that was part of it. All right, yeah, you know, Harold is... He's getting in there and he's just trying everything out, you know, because he's a slob and inconsiderate and, and asshole, you know, yeah. But where I drew the line was peanuts followed by warm sunny D followed by a chocolate donut. That is why would you mix those three flavors? That's fucking disgusting. I don't know. And it's man. no one. Uh, no wonder that he fucking has to go and shit his brains out. You know and what? The Look. second thing. Go ahead. Is a are the, the mixture of peanuts and donuts though? Is that really that bad? Because like chopped nuts have been on donuts before, right? Like on chopped uh, donuts? orange juice. What's well, a it's sunny right? day? Ain't well, orange it's not, juice. Yeah, yeah, it's not orange juice. All right. It's trying to be, and it's less tasty. As orange it's juice. it's like well, a it's a look, step up. It's a step up. They're very salty. It needs to it sunny needs some D, kind of liquid. Sunny D right. is like a step up from Tank. Yeah, before the no, episode, no, Sunny like D is below Tank. To do that to pour that Tank powder glass, in your mouth, don't you? Shot glass with orange Sunny D, and then fucking throw some peanuts in the bottom of it. Dip a fucking chocolate donut in it, and just take the shot. Hey, and tell me what you think. Hey, have y'all ever? And I look, we're both. You know, Bone is gonna claim Texas. Uh, but you have oh, lived Texas in Mississippi long enough. But have you? And I, I don't know why I say like there's there's very slight differences in Texas and hey, Mississippi. Hey, can, can I ask you a question real quick? Is this yes. going somewhere? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Have y'all ever seen people put? This is so crazy. Like if anybody listens to our podcast, who I think I know where you're going below the. I, you know what? Hang on. Let me just finish my thought. I'm going to let you guess. Anybody who doesn't live below the Mason-Dixon line, this is going to seem insane. Do we guess now? Yeah. Peanuts and Coke. Peanuts and Mountain Dew. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Have you not? Not ever. I've never heard of it or seen it until my dad's friend did it. Like, right before I moved to Sweden. Right before I moved to Sweden. Yeah. What are they doing with said peanuts and Coke? They just or pour the peanuts they, into they, the they, bottle. And then they yeah. drink it. Oh, yeah. That's that's weird. So, I had never seen it until, like, uh, I like to play dominoes. Right? And, and so, like, and that's one of those games where, like, people of all ages play dominoes. And you can find people playing it fucking, at least in you know Mississippi, you can find people playing at a store. Oh yeah, and yeah. we were we were at a store one time playing dominoes, and this older dude that was playing got a fucking coke, made a poured a bag of peanuts in it. That's crazy. Like I said, I ain't never heard of that. that yeah. I, I miss those types of stores. That is one thing I do like. I'm not a big proponent of like living in the country. I know some people love country living, and it's not for me. I I do like living inside a uh, a populated area. Yeah, I just. I like the idea that there's shit around me to go do, even if I'm not going to go do it. Even if I just fucking sit in my apartment 
yeah, and play video off. games. Exactly. And I just like the noise and the lower air quality or whatever. I don't know. But the one thing that I definitely do miss about like fucking like the country lifestyle is those stores you could go to where you could just sit around all day with like your buddies uh, it's, playing it's fucking beautiful. dominoes and just it's beautiful. Dude. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Like, anyway. I haven't seen that section of the Bucky's yet, Daniel. The domino yeah, section. Right. Yeah, exactly. The domino section. And it's funny I would because, love if they um, just What, Josh? No, I was just gonna say I'd love if like this massive retail chain had a section cut out just for like the old timers. But go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. I cut you off. I cut Playing you off. Playing marbles and shit. 120 uh dominoes tables. Jumping jacks. <laughs> But um, oh, all I was gonna say was is that obviously there's not a whole lot of Edna's, and you that what you said the chick's name was Edna, yeah, yeah, Edna's at those small uh, grocery stores or, or uh, little convenience stores like that gas stations. Well, you get the you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. The, <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry. Fuck it. What we what, what are we talking about? Bucky's? No, no. no I was you just were saying you were talking up the light bulbs in your third house. Go ahead. No, you were talking about. <laughs> Fuck you. No, you were just talking about Edna, and I was just going to say, it seemed like the movie tried to present her almost as like a nagging wife. Yes, but that's she's, exactly where I was heading. She's the reasonable person, man. It's yes. the other dude that's a piece of shit. Oh, yes, exactly. That's the, that's the exact thought. The only redeeming quality that dude had was his love of his rabbits. Yep, but it's funny because now put yourself back into 10-year-old, 15-year-old, whatever the fuck, 10-year-old, uh, 12-year-old. 11, 13, 14, 16, one of those. Um, and you're looking at this and you're like, she's like a bitch, man. She's yeah. like nagging him. Let him do his thing, man. You just wanted a donut. That donut looked really good, man. I hadn't had Sunny Dean in a minute. You ever, she's uh, the bitch. You know what I mean? And then you watch it now and you're like, he is such a piece of shit. She needs to leave him. And then they, they, maybe they can get a real door for their bathroom. Right. And what's going on with the toilet real quick, okay? The toilet in that bathroom, what kind of issues are they having with that thing? They have a fire extinguisher on the back of it. Is he hiding another liquor bottle in that fake fire extinguisher, or do they have electrical problems? Well, I'm assuming no, he, goes, he probably goes out there fucking stoned ass drunk and then fucking lights up joints and shit, and he's probably burned a few towels. That's probably why he got so many fucking sheets, is because he's act- accidentally burned them all up. Because I don't yeah, know if you saw right. those clotheslines, man, but that entire thing was just fucking sheets. Yeah, it was definitely sheet day uh, at the uh, but how at many the house. how many sets of sheets do you need for two people? Especially when they don't even own a bed. I they didn't show it. It's never been said, but I'm willing to bet <laughs> every fucking thing I have that they do not have a bed. They're they sleeping on egg crates. crates. Yeah. Yes, there you go, egg crates with a little bit of paper towels and you know whatever to kind of soften it up a little bit. But I did have another question about the laundry. Is that where Jason got his outfit? Is that where Jason got this episode or this uh, movie's outfit? Because it's immediately after. We made the joke about him changing. Well, you see a glimpse of him, though, in the laundry without his mask. I know. And And he's already dressed. Because, see, look, check it out. Because when I was watching, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't realize this what she said before. But she's like, oh, you just do your clothes, but you don't do anything else. Why don't you, if you're going to start a job, finish it before, I guess I was just listening to random shit, but now she's seeing that there's missing clothes of his, you know? So I was wondering if they were trying to put that across. 
that this is I where Jason got his new outfit. I feel know? like you might be given too much credit to the movie, honestly. Actually, not really. Because they, uh, remember Josh, last you were talking about part two and uh, how they were setting things up and you liked that? Yeah, I remember they were setting up Josh's, uh, or they were setting up Jason's shopping spree for new clothes, Josh. You remember that? Wait. Yeah, I'll repeat because you wasn't listening to me. What I was saying was part two. Of, <laughs> this motherfucker uh, was just looking off into space while you yeah, were talking. Yeah, like, like Josh, and he's like, eh? Baby mama walked through. I'm sorry. But uh, she was trying to part signal two, something to me. To shut the fuck up and pay attention to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, part two, you were talking about how you liked how they set things up. I noticed that a few times in this too. So I liked how they did that in this as well. That's the only reason I was saying to Bone about, um, you know, no, not the, necessarily thinking too much into it and giving them too much credit because they did set up a few things. He, J- Daniel was saying that he thought Jason got his clothes off the line. He stole oh, them from, from Harold. No, he, and I said he probably gave the movie too much up. credit. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think. When when I watched the movie today, I don't yesterday. I don't think like I didn't get that from it. But I will say this, like, and again, like no hyperbole when I say this. When Edna looks out the window and she sees Jason behind the sheets, obviously it's a Halloween ripoff. Everybody knows it who's seen the movies. That is legitimately, to me, as I watch it now, it, at my age, like the creepiest this franchise gets. And, and I mean that 100%. Like it is when he's just sort of, before we see Jason proper in the hockey mask in this movie, which takes about an hour. Yeah. When he's just, yeah, when he's just sulking around in the shadows, especially in this part, it is legit creepy. Because she looks out and she just sees feet, you know, sort of staring at her. And then it walks away. Yeah. It is, it's legit unsettling. But it is funny, though, because this establishment Obviously, like the, you know, um, California, New Jersey, air quotes, uh, FDA or whoever, they are not doing their goddamn job because this place has rabbits, snakes, (laughs) rats. Oh, yeah, seriously. Uh, there's another animal I am missing. There's rabbits, snakes, rats. Well, you don't see them, but they gotta have some fucking chickens, right? You would think. I mean, if you got fucking rabbits and and fish, I, I, untamed goldfish untamed, that need to be fucking <laughs> untamed goldfish. <laughs> hey, that's right. That's you right. know what else? You know what else, else was unsettling though? And since you were talking about like the creepiest this movie's ever been, I'm going to tell you like the worst fucking thing that this movie's probably ever done. This series has probably ever done. And that's when Harold was taking a shit and they made the fucking shit sounds. Like, oh, I no, and then he need, doesn't wipe. I didn't oh, yeah. need to hear this dude's diarrhea. No, yeah. I need to hear it because I need, because look, 
Because you're sick. I paid attention to this because I'm an I'm an attention to details kind of guy. So you knew what he had for dinner based on how runny his shit sounded? No, I heard him shit. I heard the the uh, the feces leaving his asshole splattering. And then he the hears toilet. a noise. Yes. Then he hears a noise. He gets up. He doesn't wipe. There's toilet paper right beside, right behind him, right beside the fire extinguisher. It's right beside the Jack Daniels, babe. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he gets up, and then he comes back. The toilet is cleaner than my toilet right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. It's like apparently it whatever was a jet ca- stream that went straight through the pipe. Yes, whatever came out of his asshole just slipped right through it. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. And yeah, it was one of those magic so, tricks. So now that we're talking about it, it's like, well, that's not an error. That's just a, a very skilled performance. <laughs> yes, yeah. that was just a great shit by Harold. Harold's a professional yeah, shitter. That's right. He's a fucking pro. Oh. <laughs> Second movie in a row, too, where they recapped the uh, end of the oh my movie. God. And oh I timed it. It was like six minutes. I was, I was thinking about time and I was like, no, I know. It's not quite, I don't think it's quite as long as the other one. I can't remember how long the other one was. Look, I have it in my notes and I'm not going to read them again. We don't do that kind of stuff here. Read our notes. Uh, I did, I made a note of it to where it's like, man, another recap. But at the same time, I don't mind it for some reason in this movie. I don't mind it. Yeah, I know they're trying to pad time, and I know they could look. We can get into it. Uh, we'll get into it. It's get a These, it's have a recap or listen to Harold shit for another five minutes. Look, I get it. These characters that we're going to be introduced very soon to are one dimensional. Mm-hmm. But there is something about like these early Friday recaps that I just. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why I forgive this franchise for it. Probably cuz I love it. What uh um, It's like it's okay. Did you did you watch the trailer? I did. What did you think about this trailer? It was very 1982. If you had to give it a rating like we do the movie, what would you rate it? It's hard to say because the trailer picked up towards the last half of the trailer to where it was quick cuts, you know, uh, two and a half. That's exactly what I had written down to. I, I wrote down like two and a half. I don't think it was as good as the Friday the 13th part two trailer and like these older trailers too. One thing it did, like I love the dude's voice that does the trailer, <coughs> excuse me, but they, they, how many times did he say? Friday the 13th, part three in three. Well, as many times as they cut back to the title, which was so, three times. So then you just said something, and then if this was the trailer, this is what would happen. Friday the 13th, part three in 3D. And then yeah. you would have said something else, and then we would have cut back to it again. Friday the 13th, part three in 3D, a new dimension in terror. Yep. So, what, Daniel, what would you have rated the trailer? Did you watch it? 
I watched the trailer, but I didn't know I was going to have to review and rate that too. Um, <laughs> I, to what stars are we doing on this one? This is the same as we do our normal. It's, this is kind of a spur of the moment thing. And J- me and Josh both said the same thing. We both said two and a half. If I'm going to do it the way that I do it, I watched it. It was like, okay, cool. You know, showed me every fucking kill in the movie. Okay, sounds good. Uh, reminded me of what the movie itself was, of course, and that it was going to be in 3D several times. I think that I'm okay with never watching it again. <laughs> so it was half a star. No, look, no, man. Out of trailers. It's not hard to hook a fucking a, a Jason fan. You just you just have them. You tell them there's a new one, and they're like, "Okay, cool." But like I said, giving away shit, I'd probably say a two. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 noticed. Rate, I don't even know how to rate movies, bro. Now you ask me how to, to rate I, trailers. I've noticed that like one of the complaints now about movie trailers is they feel like it gives so much away. Yeah. And then as I started watching these older trailers for these movies, I'm like. Yeah, this They've isn't anything. Yeah, this isn't anything new. Yeah, because like I think they did the same thing in the part two trailer. They counted down the number of people that died, and you essentially saw their fucking death scenes. I know, right? Now some of them are just jump One, scares and fake shit. But two, still, if you have a good memory, you just watch the whole fucking movie before you're about to go watch this movie. Yeah, but at the same time, we have to look at it like this. Okay, we're going, and I don't know how this. We're, we all three of us just went. And watched Halloween 2, right? I know they're not the same company, but let's just say who gave a fuck back then. You know, like the production company doesn't have to be the same or whatever. Because usually they, they promote their own their own shit. But, uh, oh shit, there's a fucking Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D trailer. You know, you see it and you're like, oh my god, did you see that crazy shit? Like he chopped that guy in half. You know, and then you... Go home for three months. You're not even able to watch the show on YouTube. You're not watching it and seeing it nonstop. Yeah. You know? And the main trailer situation was at the movies. And you would see a couple of TV spots, but they were very few and far between. So uh, they're not, you're not going to remember a lot of it. You but didn't have days, YouTube. You do that because you can watch it over and over and break yeah. it down like people do with new trailers. So you shouldn't show too much. Oh, yeah. People make like, fucking hour-long videos breaking down trailers. Yeah. And they get a lot of views and make money off that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's... I know. It wasn't... I don't know. I didn't like it as much as the Part 2 trailer, though. I liked Part 2 better than this one. I'm about to go back and watch Part 2. Well, it's the one where they, they counted down, like, the number of deaths or something. And it's like... I'm sure I've seen one. it, yeah. Yeah, it's the one with the... Two, he's got the bag on his head. Three. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> uh, so, Josh had alluded to it though. Like, let's the characters. Though. Let's talk about it, like our first introduction to some of these characters when they're riding in the the fucking van and they they're rolling up to pick up Verna. Yeah, and, you know, we get our first look at um, Chris and the other characters who I can't remember their names to. Like this, Andy, Shelley. Shelley. Well, Shelly, I remember Shelly. Well, I was about to say, you remember Shelly's name? Because it's fucking Shelly. Oh, yeah. Everybody's and and the only reason I remember fucking Verna's name is because I just watched that movie today. But there's, like, the characters, they're more, they're more like, stereotypes this time. Like, you have your, almost like your Cheech and Chong fucking couple. Yeah. I actually 
in my notes, I called it Cheech and Connie Chong. Oh, <laughs> um, and then, but dude, when because they're 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 going like on this couples vacation, right? That's the yeah, whole thing. Retreat. Yeah, they're going on this little to the Higgins Haven, you know, because Chris's family apparently has money. They have you know camps named after him. And they're like, oh, Shelly, we got you a date. You know, his friend's like, I set this up for you. And when they go to meet Verna, well, the first thing you do is you hear him fucking arguing in Spanish. Yeah. But then they open up the door and she's like, okay, who's my date? And they fucking like, well, here's Shelly. And you can see the look at this. This is probably the best acting in this whole movie. You see the yeah. look of disappointment on her face. And she's like, yeah. oh. Which makes it Fuck. even greater with his immediate apology. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry. Sorry for your luck, bitch. Right. But she was real nice about it. She was really nice about no, she know, about not being attracted. I really like her character actually. Well, she probably had like one of the better characters. Like Josh asked the question last one, did who we who did we refer, Jenny or Chris? And we'll talk about Chris later on, but I just want to say like his in support of Vera. Her character was much more interesting than any other female in this movie. It really was. I liked her character. Well, I mean, it starts off with her introduction. Like, she's she's obviously, you know, especially with these Friday Thirteenth movies, man. They could be, you know, uh, they 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 fit into these like stereotype boxes, nerd jock. Hot yeah. girl, but they all seem to be coming from a place of middle class where Verna's yeah. not. You know, Verna seems like, yeah. Um, What's the house she got picked up from? Wasn't bad. I mean, it ain't like, you know? No, no, no. And it wasn't even that. It was just uh, like you actually get to see two seconds of. Her arguing with her mom. Yeah. You know, in Spanish, supposedly in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, Southern California, I'm sure that happens all the time, but this isn't Southern California. This is New Jersey <laughs> in 1982, you know? Exactly. But well, yeah, Verna, Verna. It's alluded to, though, that she's poor because when they have the uh, scene at the store, you know, the ladies yeah. like, no food stamps. Yeah. And, and it's just so fucked. to validate what you were saying, though, Daniel, because I know you were trying to say something about the house. The Bundys had a two-story house. Yeah. Al it got that on a fucking shoe salesman salary. Exactly, right? Supposedly making $5 up. an hour. It is oh. fucked up because... God bless all, 80s. Yeah, I know, right? After they all... Uh, uh, you know, when they do pick him, pick up her from the house or whatnot, and then they go and they're about their business, and they, like you said, visit the store. It's fucked up too because now watching it, it's like, God damn, that's so rude. When the chick's like, we don't accept food stamps. You know, it's like you're right now. You're thinking, well, hopefully she's gonna pull some money out and be like, I don't, I'm, I'm not using food stamps, bitch. But then she stops grabbing what was in her pocket. It's like, damn. Hey, Shelly, I need some money. Right? It's so she was stuff. using food stamps. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I thought about that, too. Well, yeah, she, she like immediately said. asked. Yeah. It's like Daniel Shelly said. She had blood. her hand in her pocket, like Daniel yeah. said. And then she's just like, hmm. Shit. 
You got like me. Like I said, you want her to be able to like put this bitch in her place, but that's looking through 2022's eyes. You know, back then it's like, oh shit, she's the poor girl, and this bitch is just being a bitch about it. You know what I mean? But it's fucked up that she guessed. Correctly. Oh, that. Like, oh shit. That. That country store clerk was being like straight up a fucking bitch. Like she just assumed. Oh, how about? How she about also was right Jersey? too. Yeah, racist in New Jersey. How about though? Shelly like acknowledges to you know, even though his friends are trying to be like supportive of him, he acknowledges that he's a loser. He yeah. acknowledges he's ugly, but he's still secretly optimistic that he's gonna fuck. So he has a condom in his wallet. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Shelly keeps that in his wallet at all times. Yeah, I'm sure well, I'm just saying. But he, what I'm saying is, is like he has it on that hope that. Yeah, even though he's like he doubts himself so much, he's still like there's still that chance though. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I did you ever have a condom in your wallet? Once, For twice, maybe. He's shaking his head. No, but no. I mean, when, I think condoms. I, I think we probably all did it. <laughs> I think we I don't prob- believe in Jimmy no, hats. No, look, I think we probably all did it when we were in high school. Because yeah, never, never had a condom in my. Well, life. that's because you probably had like a fucking Rolodex of them in your vehicle, and you were just like, no, <laughs> I had no game, <laughs> so I, did, I knew that there was no possibility to need that extra thing in my wallet. But as a as an adult, as somebody Shelly's age now, I didn't. Yeah. Wait, Shelly's forty two in this movie. I'm talking about <laughs> when I was Shelly's age. You piece His of shit. Supposed age. But um, but also probably didn't, you know, keep him in my wallet because unlike Shelly, I pretty much had accepted at that point. Like you knew, like at what times of your life you were going to be getting some, and why waste money on condoms when you knew your prospects were slim to none? No, I I can't remember if I kept a a condom in my wallet, uh, just for emergency jack off situations, not because I was pulling. <laughs> I don't have to clean up afterwards. It's like he's in the car and he's like, man, this is going to go everywhere. Oh, man, I got my wallet. God, all those those trips that we took in New Orleans with him, man. Now they all made sense whenever he would put a sheet up to divide the fucking car. I was wondering what you were doing. Josh is, yeah, but- <laughs> Josh is in the back of Michael's van. He's like, no, I'll take the back seat. I prefer the back seat. I like hey. the back seat. The, the middle hey. seat and the front seats are stupid. Guys, <laughs> right? it's emergency cool. session. I got a condom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. No, it is be- funny because you were talking about the, uh, you were talking about Shelly and this chick whenever they meet up or whatever. Can I say one more thing about condoms real quick? Oh, before sure. before you do that, well, just because we won't get a chance, I just want to say we have Josh, Josh and I. And I don't I can't I don't know if you know him or not, Daniel, but I'm not going to name his name. But me and Josh have a mutual friend, um, who would carry around fucking Magnum condoms and try to convince everybody he needed them. I do not. I I'm drawing a blank on this. And I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but you know who you are, and you know you didn't need that fucking Magnum. Yeah. Uh. Because we've all seen your dick. <laughs> I don't remember the guy, the story, but I remember the dick. 
You were talking <laughs> about you were talking <laughs> about Shelly, Daniel. Shelly and yes, any fucking way. Um, I was just gonna say it's funny because whenever they went and got her, you know, Shelly's like, "Oh, would you want to go on a date with me when you look like this, this, that, and the other, whatever?" Right? Yeah. And uh, it's funny though because if he wouldn't have been being a fucking retard and like, uh, oh, cut that, I guess. Jesus Christ. Fucking murder babies. Oh, cut that too. Jesus. Ugh. Put a time stamp. Do your thought now. Don't say that. Just do your thought. But yeah, it's funny because Shelly does come through and he's like, um, would you want to be with me? You know, would you want, would you act like yourself if you looked like this, you know, talking to his friend. And it's funny because if he wouldn't have been a douchebag and like trying all these crazy, scary tricks and being an actor, not an asshole. Um, I feel like that she would have been like open to like get to know him a little bit better. Yeah. You know, because the way that she lets him down is really, really nice. She's really good. Goes good about it. You know, and all that. She's just like, let me stop you there. You know, I'm going to go out. I'm going to come back in. We can talk about it. You know what I mean? But not just. Oh, dude. (laughs) He had no shot. Oh, he didn't have a shot, but she really did let him down very easily. She did. She was nice no, about she, it. But he she was no a shot. sweetheart. Yeah, that was. scene, and I know we're sort of jumping around. That scene uh, is double funny. Uh, because, and for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, whoever that might be, Mitchell. Like he his his one last chance to get with Vera, he tries to get with her. And she's like, No, this isn't happening. Yeah. And he's like, Okay. And she's like, I'm gonna go outside for a little bit because you're too much. And then we can talk later. She's leaving. And I, I keep the subtitles on. I know what you're about to I'll, say. And he says under his breath. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I caught that too. And I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Did he just call her a fucking bitch? I, straight I, up I rewound did. it. Yeah. And listen, when I read the chapter of the book on part three, uh, the actor who played Shelly, I shouldn't know his Larry. name because he's Larry, Larry Zerner. Larry Zerner. He was like, yeah, I, I, that's the only part I ad libbed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was his expertise he threw in there, his little spice. <laughs> he, he improvised bitch. Yeah. I, uh, it, such, it fits so well for the scene. So Shelly is the proto incel. I mean, Shelly is like it, it, the incel godfather. It kind of reminds me of uh, this guy I went to high school with. Now, he didn't do it under his breath, but he would like ask out a different girl every day. Which meant, because we went to a small school, he had us out the same girl like every other week because he'd just cycle through them. <laughs> yeah. But he would he would ask him out, and inevitably they'd say no, and his immediate response was, fuck you, I didn't want to go out jazz anyways. <laughs> Wait till next week. Yeah. <laughs> see, you, see you next week, bitch. Yeah, right? Um, Pretty much. See you next week, you fucking cut. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny because you didn't finish what all Shelly did. She says... No, I'm going to go outside for a minute. I'm going to come back in, and we'll talk about it. Shelly pulled out his uh, condom for his emergency jack-off session. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But he does say bitch, and then immediately, quickly, runs and squeezes his ass into a fucking wetsuit to go sneak into the lake from far away so he can swim in undetected. (laughs) 
It's like, goddamn, dude, you wonder why she says no? That was your first thought, was to go scare her with a harpoon. And No, let's go back this. further. Let's go back further. Yeah. Hey, Shelly, you want to go on a weekend trip? We got a chick who <laughs> is attractive and she's available. Shelly's like, yes, I'm totally game. Let me pack. And she says, can I bring my life back? He's like, Shelly, what are you packing? I'm packing a wetsuit. Well, it's a cabin (laughs) weekend trip. And a harpoon gun. That shit had to come somewhere. Why are you packing a hockey mask? Don't worry about it. (laughs) Like, that fucking harpoon gun that wasn't at that cabin. There's no way. It goes with that wetsuit. Packed a wetsuit. A hockey mask and a harpoon gun. Exactly. And then the fucker comes off as creepy, though, when she's like, hey, Shelly, what's in the bag? And he's like, my whole world. Fucking cradle. Like, he's like Gollum. Yeah, he's like Gollum fucking clutching the ring of power and Lord of the Rings. Oh, Shelly has no power. <laughs> I said the ring of power. I didn't say he oh, had power. His fucking box has Elvish inscription on the inside. <laughs> One dork to rule them all. Jesus, Shelly. You know, Shelley. and last last Friday the 13th that we covered part two. Jesus, this is a stupid statement. Uh, Stu was the nerd. Yeah, but, but man, there's a... There's a grand canyon of a difference between oh, Stu and Shelly. Oh, yeah. Stu... Stu probably. Stu got laid that night, probably. Yeah, and you you could tell Stu, man, he wasn't above like hitting a couple lines of coke. Oh no, he'll do a bump. Yeah, fucking Shelly, he's not he's not touching that shit, man. Shelly can't have his fucking mind being altered, otherwise he might not be able to fit into his wetsuit properly. Oh yeah, he might fucking shoot himself in the face with a harpoon. Yeah, Stu, man, he would sniff he would sniff coke off of a stripper's ass. No, I don't even think it's that. I, I, Stu probably would. But I just think one was more comfortable with being a nerd. And one wasn't. And it yeah. was Shelly. Oh, Shelly loved it. He loved being the nerd. Well, I'm I'm sure he liked like nerdy shit, but it's like Josh was saying, though, he wasn't comfortable being that person, though. He... People weren't going to accept him for who he was because he wasn't accepting himself. Well, look, when they first get there to meet Vera, um, Chris, I, I have this in my notes. Shelly, come out and meet your date. Shelly, bring her to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bring her to me. <laughs> Sounds like some uh, fucking supervillain shit. <laughs> I mean, he's so he's so pathetic in this movie. It's like, uh, you bring her to me. Yeah, it's it's bad, man. It's bad. So, yeah, we've uh, how- go ahead. I was going to say, how do you think the older stoners know this group? Well, yeah, they're remarkably mind. older. Well, I feel like everybody in this movie is supposed to be like of similar ages, but I think it's just like 
because you know it's not a lot of budget in the movie, right? You're just gonna, and in 1982 a is a hard year. Yeah, you're, like you're gonna get whoever you can get to be in these movies. Because I was thinking the same thing with Rick, right? Rick looks like he's older, even though they try to like make him look like with the way he styles his hair and shit to make him look like he's younger and closer to Chris and age. But you feel like Rick is like a good thirty years old, and Chris is supposed he's twenty seven, and Chris is supposed to be like twenty or something. <clears throat> yeah, that's what Courtney was saying. She was like, "So is this dude like the camp camp like owner or something?" And I'm like, "No, nah, he's supposed to be similar, maybe just a couple of years, uh, maybe just a couple of years older, something like that." Yeah, and so I, I feel like these these stoners are probably supposed to be like similar in age too, but it's like, hey, these are the actors we got, and plus you're pro- like you can tell they're trying to make this one dude look like fucking Tommy Chong. Yeah. And so, Chuck looks old, dude. Yeah. Chuck looks like I mean, thirty-eight yeah, years old. But no, I feel like on I, purpose. I feel like he's supposed to be closer to him in age. I don't know, but that's what I feel like. Like yeah. they're all supposed to be similar in age. I th- I think the Chong character is supposed to be like or Chuck, or maybe this is their fucking pot dealer, and they're just like, hey, come away nah. with us for the weekend. I think Chuck was like that was uh, Andy's RA. You know, in Syracuse, <laughs> you know, just that—that's my head cannon. Like they're at Syracuse, and Chuck was Andy's RA, and he was pretty cool. You know, yeah, probably been there a while. I like how though when they're in the fucking since we're talking about him, and and it looks like we're just gonna do this in character by character, which I'm totally fine with. That's it's fine. I like how they're in a van though, and they're they're fucking like. When you first see them all, you know, they're like, oh, hey, the van's on fire. Well, first off, you knew these two were fucking potheads. Like, so you yeah. should know what that smoke is. You shouldn't be fucking surprised. This couldn't have been like some kind of like, some, you know, secret that you didn't know about. Because when they fucking opened up the van, they got these big ass bongs. Yeah. And, no. then, and then when they're driving down the road, they're not just smoking one joint. They've got like two joints rolled and they're just like, hey. It's fucking nonstop. No. Uh, two bongs. Like, between two people. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. What's One insane? bong is fine. One joint was enough like when they were one. driving. Because you knew Shelly wasn't going to be fucking hitting it. Uh, uh, Tracy Savage's character, who's pregnant, you know, she wasn't going to be hitting it. Chris, who has some trauma and we haven't talked about her character yet, but she wasn't going to hit it. You just knew her character wasn't going to fucking touch it. So that no, was just Andy. That leaves, uh, yeah, the, the two stoners, Vera and the dude up front. That's and what you, I was going to say. You do know who did say, yeah, fuck it, whatever. And took yeah. a couple of hits, got her mind right. But you got two fucking joints Vera. floating around for these people. And then these fuckers, two joints for four people. That just yeah. seems overkill to me. I'm like, sorry. Like the fucking bongs. Yeah. Like you said, two big ass bongs for two people. And then, like, you didn't even need it after the first one, though, man, because that van was so full of smoke. You could have just inhaled that over and over. But Dude. then you get the fucking cops that roll up on them, and the motherfuckers are eating it. Oh, yeah. There was no murders. What? Jason didn't show up and kill anybody. These people were just fucking hallucinating. They were so stoned. Yep. Did y'all notice? I, I side tangent because I noticed it. I put it in my notes that Chris's name 
is on the side of the van, like near, like up above the door handle near the window. I did it says not. Chris. I yeah. didn't notice that. No. What I did notice about Chris and what the American van, fucking family, <laughs> and driving by the store is the store said that, Higgins also. Yeah, uh, I know that you know. In order to get the shot, you want to be like, hey, well, we really can't see you, so kind of sit closer to the window so we can see that it's you driving. You know, so the audience knows that this is whatever. Dude, that bitch is hanging out the fucking Dude. window. Did y'all notice that? <laughs> She's hanging out the window, but still having to drive, right? And she is Dude. out that window. The next scene is closer to her, like it's normal. But then whenever they show it for the third time, she's looking backwards. Out, of, Someone else had to have been driving the van. Are you talking about when they were out passing the window the store? so goddamn, yeah. And she's looking at when the police. When they're passing it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she, so did, funny. she did crane her head for a while, too. Like, yes. Yeah. out Completely outside of the fucking van. It was just like, damn, I've heard of motherfuckers breaking their neck over something, but holy shit. Right. And I like how she sees the fucking cops and, you know, obviously something's happened there. And then Tracy Savage's character is just like, oh, look, it's not related to your past trauma. Like, yeah. of, of course it's, well, I guess it was, but... And, you know, what chance would it have been? That's such a minute thing, you know, to be like, these murders are related to you getting assaulted by this dude in the woods a couple years yeah. ago or sexually assaulted. And you know what? <clears throat> I'll say it now because I may forget about it, but you know what would have been a, a good plot twist for this movie? Since, because like it's been established, right? Jason sexually assaulted Chris. Like that Which makes no sense. I hate that. I know it. It doesn't make any sense because he didn't, you know, because you're looking at part three, Jason. Even though it's two years ago, and like he didn't grow those fucking long, luxurious locks, yeah, that quickly. But better plot twist for this movie would have been is after Jason had sexually assaulted her, she became pre- pregnant with Jason's mutant baby. I yeah, then we could like went inside his dreams and stuff. I don't think he sexually assaulted her. I really hope not, and I don't like, think it makes sense for the story anyway. No, I don't think. I think in the in, in the original script, he he did. Now, what we see on film is what you ever interpret it. But I know, like the actress who played Chris, like she uh, vetoed that because it was supposed to be like a sexual assault. She may have vetoed it, but like the character behave like. Because like she doesn't want to have any no, contact no, he, with no. Jason acts very Deshaun Watsony. Yes, I wasn't talking but about Jason. I'm, I was talking about Chris's character. Like when she's interacting with um, with uh, I want to call him Paul, and that's not Rick. Like you know, and Rick's trying to like you know put the moves on her and stuff, and she's like, nah. No, yeah, yeah. I get the trauma, but I don't. But when they cut through the flashbacks, I. He, you could make the her, case that he didn't sexually assault her, or you could make the case that it's probably what happened. I mean, that's what it makes it look like. Like it does. Only, it looks like it's only, so much. This is the only person that Jason's caught and hasn't killed. Exactly. Uh, no, he, and he was trying to hold her down too. Yeah. I'm just saying, man. We missed that. Uh, you know, before like see to Chucky and you know whatever. We had that chance for Son of Jason. Yep. Jesus. That would have been pretty crazy. We, we missed out. We did. We missed we, out on a great film. 
Yeah, I mean, we dodged a bullet. And yeah, I'm not a fan of, like, I'm not a fan of the idea of Jason sexually assaulting people either. Because um, No. It doesn't no. fit that character. And it was not odd. But the way it's presented, that's the way it looks like what happened. No, it does. It does. I, in my head, Canon. So, he was he a, newbie a wild beast killing. in the woods, but he's killing. That's what yeah, he's doing. In my head, Canon, he was a newbie. Machine. Like, this was before part two. Yeah. You know. So in my head, Cannon, he was just learning how to kill. So, well, since we're talking about her too, Chris's character, um, you know, you had asked a question the last uh, <laughs> podcast, and you were like, "Who do you prefer, Jenny or Chris?" And I think, no, I said, "Who's your favorite final girl?" Okay, well, either I way. didn't pick one of the two of the. Okay, whatever. It do, it doesn't matter. Oh my God, why are you? All of this matters. Why this are you matters. being such a nerd? So, um. Anyways, though, between the two, I think I had said Chris originally, but like when I go back and watch this movie, the part of me that prefers Chris is the last 30 minutes of the movie, Chris. Yes. Because she yes. is very resourceful. And oh, like, yes. Everything she does is like, what am I probably like? Jenny had a lot of that. Let me scream for Paul and let me somehow yeah. get Paul almost murdered every time, blah, blah, blah. And she seemed almost helpless at times. Chris was never that. Like, Chris at the end of the movie was a survivor. Yes, but the Chris leading up to those final thirty minutes was super annoying. Uh, yes, and almost like, um, and, and I'm struggling to find a word, but just too goody goody, too unlikable, too wholesome, too too wholesome. Yeah, whatever, um, too full of themselves. I don't know, just whatever. Like I don't like that Chris. The last thirty minutes though. That Chris is kicking ass, and that's hell like, yeah. She put up a, a great fight, yeah. yeah. And like, there was no damsel in distress in Chris at that point. Exactly, like, she was it fucking was, resourceful. It went from a full blown damsel in distress, Chris, to survivor, Chris. And I like survivor, Chris, mm-hmm. but I fucking can't stand the character before that. So I know exactly what you mean with that. Yeah, I, I think agree. we're all on the same page there. Yeah. Yeah, she. I think it's so funny because reading that chapter of the book. Uh, obviously, there's. I think obviously, uh, more people participated in Camp Crystal Lake Memories book than they did the um, documentary. Documentary. Sorry. Yes, I was gonna say DVD. I was gonna sound like Daniel, the DVD yeah. store, uh, and they talked to um, the character who played Rick. And honestly, I I, I should write this shit down because it's so fascinating. But he was like, "Yeah, I thought I was gonna have a." And I'm sort of paraphrasing here, but not really. He's like, "I thought I was gonna have like this toward love affair." <laughs> with uh, the, the the actress who played Chris, and then he was like, "It turns out she was Mormon." So like she vetoed, and it's not like she had power, you yeah. know. Yeah. But what he was saying was like, "Oh, she turned out, you know, like her character is sort of who she is. You know, she is sort of this." Goody two shoes. Uh, 
but man, like I don't, I don't know how to segue into it, but like, yeah, he, he I don't know, like you talking behind about Rick? the, yeah, look, Rick, like Rick was ready to fuck for three hours a day. He oh, no. Plan. Yeah, he made that clear. <laughs> One hour One in the morning, morning, two hours a night. Exactly. This dude's like, hey, there's 24 hours in a day. Three of them are for sex. That's right. To getting to know each other again. <laughs> yeah. But after after reading that, that chapter in the book, hey, God bless you, Rick. You know, three hours a day. Uh like this was a grueling shoot too. Like nobody was happy because of the 3D aspect. And the guy who they sought to the guy they hired to do the 3D technology. He's in the documentary. He's also uh, very prominent in this book. He shits on Steve Miner. He 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 fucking hated on Steve Miner hard. He was like Steve Miner has only did one good movie. And what did he say it was? Deep Space Nine. Uh, that no that you're thinking of Deep Star Six, and that was. Um... No, that I was, was Cunningham. Star Trek television show. With the house? Was it H2O? No, no. It was actually. Um, what movie was it? Um, I'm looking it up now because I can tell it once I see it. Okay. But he was like, he's only done one good movie. Now, why Who's you're Steve lo- Miner? He's the guy that directed part two and part three, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, if you like pay attention, you know he also directed House. The new House. <laughs> <laughs> the movie House. But since while Josh is looking at it up, I, I'll talk about Rick a little more, man. So Rick is, he's wanting to, and you can't see me do air quotes because, you know, this is audio, but he's wanting to reconnect with Chris and you kind of, and you get the feeling like when they're talking, like, well, hey, they know each other really well, and they were in a relationship, and maybe you know, maybe it's been like a couple months, but it's been like a whole fucking year. And Rick is, and this isn't like nowadays where everybody has cell phones and you know everybody's talking to each other all the time and sending text messages and shit like that. Like, I you got to assume that that communication between the two was kind of sparse. And Rick is just like, I know it's been twelve months, but. Drop them drawers. Let's yeah, get no, started. Right. And, yeah, it's you know, a long time. And of course, Chris is like, "Well, wait a minute." And I'm like, any normal person would be like, "Hold on, Rick. Like, it's been twelve months, bro. We can't just yeah. go straight to fucking." So, what's right. that movie, Josh? It was Forever Young with Mel Gibson. Oh, I can't but, say that I've ever seen it. I don't think. No, nah, I, I think it's where he gets. Forever I Young. No, Gibson gets frozen, and then I, I mean, it's it's a weird movie, but it's it's fascinating when like 
these people in the industry just openly shit on somebody. Because apparently, like, Steve Miner, you know, he didn't want to, you know, it's not like he pitched this to do in in 3D. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, like, he was so limited on what he could do in terms of moving the camera. And that's the reason why this, you know, for a lot of people, they shit on this movie because of um, the acting. And when you hear from the actors, they're like, yeah, we were given like one take. But the scene where Jason stabs Chuck. Yeah. No, Chili with a fire poker. Yeah. It was like 40 takes because they had to get the 3D right. Yep. You know? Yeah. I had to like, the camera in the perfect direction. Yeah. I'd, I'd read every, like similar on Wikipedia. Yeah, I knew that they. I'd they, heard a lot that they had had a lot of problems. It, they said it wasn't the. They weren't so much worried about the lines being delivered properly as much as like we had to get the shot right. Like who cares yeah. about how the movie comes out as long as we get the three D yeah, effect has to work. And the the three D effects I think are a detriment to the film. I mean, like there's some cool stuff, but like they do a lot of things that are blatantly like designed for that three D effect, and you know, yeah, the laundry pole. The eye popcorn. Yeah, the popcorn. The yo-yo. Like when he kills Rick and his eye pops out of his head like that. Yeah, the snake jumping out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few of them that are very deliberate and forced. Yeah. Did not hold up well. Yeah, and and it it takes away from the movie in a sense. And that could have been... Those energies could have been better spent somewhere else. Yeah. And surprise, I will say this surprisingly, it's like, because you feel like the eyeball would have been something that might have got cut. Like if it would have been like, say, part two or something like that, or part one. Yeah. Like the eyeball popping out of the head. It's like, did the MPAA just be like, oh man, it's 3D. So yeah, it's going to stay in. It looks cool. Yeah. Any other time they'd have been like, no, you can't show that eye getting popped out of the head. Well, I think the MPAA looked at it and they're like, this looks so fake. Yeah. Like this. Because that is so dumb to I work do. on any other movie outside of Friday 13th Part 3. Yeah. Rick was in like one of my favorite shots in the movie, though. Um, and it's when he, it's right before he gets killed, you know, and they, they, he and Chris get back to the cabin after they have the issue with the car or whatever, because, you know, yeah. every movie needs car issues or something. And, they're looking around and he's like, Hey, I'm going to go outside and check around. She's like, wait, I want to come with you. And he doesn't listen to her and he just fucking goes out, whatever. And then she comes out like a couple seconds later and she's like, Rick, Rick, whatever. And Jason's got his hand over his mouth and you can just like see him struggling and it's like real yeah. quiet and stuff. I thought that was a cool scene. Yeah. I like that. I like that touch too. And then he fucking squeezed his head until his eye popped out, which I did like is absurd as that kill is. I did really like that kill. Yeah, and it's funny, man, because like you don't really see that much of Jason, you know, with uh, someone having the opportunity where he's having to keep him quiet, he kills him immediately. Like, oh shit, there's Jason. You're it's followed by him chopping down on you with a machete or a, or a fucking axe to the chest or the face, you know. Yeah. So I did like that touch. But speaking of kills, what was your favorite kill? Yeah, man, it's funny because you bring up Rick's kill with the eyeball you know how ridiculous it is or whatever but it is funny because it's the boldest that is the boldest kill 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like to see, all right, man, people are going to love it. But it's so funny because they didn't have a, as much. It wasn't as messy as it should have been. Should have had a little more blood and shit, and it would have helped a little bit. But that's probably where the, uh, you know, the MPAA or whatever the fuck comes in. And it's like, no, you got to kill that shit out. And it was a dry head smash, you know? I think Rick's kill was too wiry. Yeah. Same <laughs> for with them the, to uh, damage snake. to. Yeah. yeah. Well, the snake, yeah. you can see wiry. the fucking wire. Yeah. yeah. Same uh, thing with the eyeball. You can see yeah. the wire pretty good. In the, the other one that you could see, but not as much, was the uh, harpoon in the eye, it's which was another good kill. Funny, though, because like when you look at the film, and I know you were talking about kills, but since you brought this up, I just want to say it real quick. It's like when you look at the film, and, and I know it's like um, an HD transfer and all that, but there's times where you look at it and you're like, well, this doesn't look that good. The transfer doesn't look that good. It still looks kind of, you know, blotchy or or yeah. low res, except for when it's like time to focus in on a kill and all of a sudden you can see shit that you don't want to see. Like, oh, there's the yeah. wire that the snake's being pulled by. Oh, there's the oh, wire that's... that the harpoon's on. Yeah. When what you was need your favorite that kill, shit to though? be out of focus. Speaking of kills, Bone, I'll ask you first. Uh, actually, I did like Rick, so it's probably my favorite. I felt that some of the other kills in the movie were kind of uh, rehashes. Like, you have another person that's stabbed while in bed, either from above yes, or below. Yes, I felt the same. Like, yeah. it's third movie in a row. Like, we get it. Like, we get that, you know, you fucking stabbed Kevin Bacon through his throat. Yeah, And then, you know, we harpooned the other people or whatever, you know. Yep. And so it's been done to death. Mm-hmm. Um, you did well. I I do like the kill with the, uh, when the dude was doing like the handstand or whatever. Yeah, that's my. And favorite. he came that's down what on I him. Was gonna say. But then the rest of them, like you had two people that got killed by pitchforks. Shelly, I think, had his throat slit off screen, right? Yeah, he was an yeah. off screen kill. And, and that was, and I know that was so by was design. Fox, right? Fox yeah. was also off screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I know Shelley's was probably by design because you know you went to sub this boy who cried wolf type thing because he played dead earlier. Yeah, um, but you had the two people stabbed by pitch, pitchforks. You had the person that was stabbed by the fire poker. Like they they weren't as imaginative as some other kills that we've seen. Yeah, um, so I did like Rick's when he squeezed his head. It was like, and I do yeah. like the machete through the midsection. Those, I mean, you did get a. Uh... A knitting needle through the head. Oh uh, yeah, but I, uh, I like I really like the headstand kill because it just chops down on him, and you can see as quick as it is that it, how far up the torso it comes. You know, yeah. it's like oh shit. Been nice if they'd have splash like thrown just a little bit of splash of blood on him whenever for the very next scene where he's falling to the ground. Because he just got chopped halfway up, but there's not a drop of blood oh. like on his head or neck or chest. Nowadays, just, a, just a little bit would have been fine. You'd get you intestines know? and shit nowadays. Huh? Yeah. You'd get like oh, intestines yeah, sure. and shit falling out nowadays. Yeah. His dick would have slapped him in the face nowadays. <laughs> Keep it but realistic. That was my favorite kill. Josh, what was your favorite kill? Mine has to be Vera. It's the first time we see Jason with the mask. Yeah. Because it was a toss-up between the harpoon and the chop down. And it and it's legit, but the chop down was just so like, brutal, you know. Yeah, the chop. You know, I would have gone with Andy originally, but when I started thinking about it, uh, when Vera looks at him, and she's like, "Who are you?" Yeah, you know, and that's the first time we see Jason with the mask, and then he yeah. just shoots her, and then his walk 
afterwards. Uh, he just yeah. fucking throws that harpoon gun down. He, to he's just like, he strolls away. It's like Steph Curry shooting a three. He's just walking away so confidently. But it to add to it, like also with that kill, because I love the shot. I love the shot of him walking just so nonchalant. And then he looks up and he said that and he sees the bedroom light on with Andy and his old lady. I don't I can't remember her name either. I've just been calling her by her actress's name the entire time. Yeah. Tracy Savage. Yeah. And he looks up and he sees the light on. And it's like, oh, dang. Now they're in trouble. Like, I love everything about that. Like, yeah. Jason. I like the the introduction to Jason with the hockey mask is perfect. I guess the thing about the harpoon kill, the one thing that kind of bugs me about that is, is just that. You know, Jason's a pro marksman. All of a sudden, this this is the only time motherfucker can like, definitely throw a knife, right? Yeah, yeah. A, a knife that's not fucking weighted to be thrown. Like you don't just like we've all thrown some axes now, so we have a you know we're obviously pros at throwing weapons. That's right. They do the same thing in part four. The but, same thing. But I'm just saying. But like you know, and I know it's such a small thing to me a pick on or whatever, and I'm not really, but yeah. Like to get a knife to stick in like that, especially one that's not fucking made for throwing, that's something that takes skill. And Jason's just like, yeah, I've been practicing this for this moment exactly. Yep. And fucking, I, I will say this though, um, since you're talking about favorite kills, I will tell you my favorite effect in this this whole movie. There's one thing, and it's like just my favorite effect, and it's when he's reaching through the door after Chris, and she stabs him in the hand. Oh, that yeah. that's yeah. gruesome. And the way that yeah. skin folds up where the knife goes in, like yeah. that's such a good effect. Another thing about the final fight with them two that I really liked, man, was like, and it's something that you have seen, but you don't see it a whole, whole lot whenever she's, uh, you know, scared shitless and then her fucking friend is sitting there with a fucking knife sticking out of her, you know? And then she has to go for this knife, you know, and pull it out of her fucking friend. And then defend herself with it. It's just crazy because usually they see it and uh, they, they're they just scared. They don't think of doing that, but it is. it was nice to see. Yeah. A little, something a little different there. And then she stabs him in the leg with the motherfucker. Do you remember both of y'all, either y'all, I don't know, maybe you don't, but do y'all remember like back in the day when vehicles had reserve tanks? I don't at all, man. I remember I knew that a few was of them. A thing, yeah, I never saw one in real life. I don't remember them having like label maker signs on them though that say reserve. Yeah, <laughs> label maker signs. That's exactly what was on this van. Yeah, it's just like reserve and main or whatever it was. But I, yeah. it's just like it's such a, a, like that really dates the movie, and not in a bad way. It's just like it's like if you were alive back then, and you remember it's like a little wave of nostalgia. Like, oh yeah, I remember when vehicles had reserve tanks. No. Too bad Speaking she didn't. Of tanks. That's her vehicle too, right? Because it's got her name no, on it. That's hers. Yeah. Oh my god, that is hers. That's hilarious. You think she, she would? You think she'd have remembered her reserve tank a little sooner? For real, I didn't even think about the fact that that's hers, right? But that's hilarious. But it is real crazy because speaking of tanks and shit, like that, those the they're a biker gang, so they might have just stole the shit or whatever. But it's so funny because this biker gang that we 
you know, run into. What is it? Fox, Scab, and what the fuck? I don't know what is, his name. Was was another, the one guy's name was Ali, right? Ali, Fox. yes. Ali and Fox Ali. were together. And it was something like Scab or Spit or some shit. <laughs> spit. <sighs> All right. Skid? Was it Skid? I don't know. Might anyway, Skid. Anyways. Yeah. But anyway, these three, they're on their bikes and shit. They bump into them at the store. There's the whole, you know, whatever. And uh, he runs over their bikes. The next thing they do is they show up with a fucking huge-ass gas can like you would have in the back of a truck. Where were they keeping that shit on a bike? Which, like I said, they're bikers. They might have just stole the shit or whatever. But it is funny. And I do like the way that that does more setting Which, up. Here's here's where it came from, damn it. I do know this. It was in Shelly's box along with the harpoon gun, the wetsuit. Yeah, all his I props. Just stopped by his room first. And yeah, got the hose he just happened to have a fucking five gallon gas can with him. Yeah, that's true, man. So it's when like he because he, he was going to no, un, unnoticeable extension charm on the <laughs> inside of his bag. He was going to set himself on fire later as a prank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Turns out they didn't even have to put gas in it. It was already fucking slap full. Yeah. Oh, they man. had to but pour it, it was, out so they could go ahead and steal what was in the van. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly right. And even make room. But uh, like I said, that, but that does set up more. It sets up for uh, why there was no gas in the in the van yeah. or whatever. But they were going to burn down this goddamn. Now, I believe that, though. Burning down the fucking barn to get back in for running over bikes. Like, I would believe something like that, you know? Yeah, but this this biker gang was just so funny. Except like, Fox Ali, decided she needed to fucking swing. Yeah, I know, right? And it's just so funny because Ali's smile when he just looks down and it's like <laughs> I was almost called him Franklin. Um, fucking Shelly. Shelly is sitting there and he's oh well they are they're okay with it and he smiles back and he smashes the fucking windows. I, I laugh at that every time I see it. Yep. Yeah. Did you uh did you know this van had so much carpet in it that yeah. even the doors had carpet? Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, for some reason I thought the van belonged to the stoners and I thought they were just too fucked up to drive. That's what it seems like would make sense, right? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it'd be something that Chris has, especially when she's not engaging oh. in sexual activities. Her name is on the side of the van, like in very small letters. Well, she could have easily convinced the stoners of that. Be like, well, you know what would be so cool? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> do it. And she's like, cool, just paints the shit on there. <laughs> right. Just gets a little Sharpie and writes her name on the side of it. Exactly. This, this van belongs and, to me and, now. Yeah. Chris can we talk about here. fucking Rick fucking with hay without a shirt on? I know. You know how itchy that would be? I, I know. Fuck that. Look. It's, yeah, Courtney came in and he was putting his shirt on. And she was like, what the fuck did I miss? What the hell was he doing? And I was like, hey, when you're working with hay, you got to take that shirt off, I guess. And, you know, that was the sweat of a worker, not a lover. Yeah. That was work sweat. Oh, that was his big dialogue. Rick was in this movie to be fucking horny. Oh, yeah. Jesus. He was so disappointed. He's like, your friends came over here to fuck shit up. But and then, he was so close to living also. I know, right? Because like when, really when Rick knew he wasn't going to get laid, 
he was about to go meet up with Bonnie Tyler or whoever that person was. <laughs> it was Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> but I can't yeah. remember. But the, was it Bonnie Joe or something? Or I can't remember the name. John but, Bon Jovi. Look, John Bon Jovi. But yeah, he was, talk about, he was on the verge of We're going to talk about like the butterfly effect. If, and look, Shelly's act of bravery consisted of driving over just the front tire of motorcycles. Of one motorcycle. Like, one motorcycle. That was his act of bravery. If Shelly hadn't done that, then Chris probably would be dead. Yep. 100%. I was going to bring that up soon. Yeah. Yeah. Because Rick was like, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, Rick, once they bring the the car back, who can we also admit Rick driving a bug doesn't seem right. That looks like that would have been Chris's vehicle. He's fucking seven foot tall. Well, he's also like a country boy. What are you driving yeah. a Volkswagen Beetle for? Yeah. And, but after Shelly brings the car back and it's fucked up, Rick is like, I gotta go. Yeah. And then Chris is like, I'll go with you. But if they would have stayed, then they would have been, you know, fair game, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that you were going a different direction, which makes sense, too. Because if he wouldn't have started the fight with the bikers, they'd have never came to Higgins Haven. And then Ali oh, would shoot, have never they, got they fucked up in gas. the bar. Yeah. But no, if, oh, Ali would have comes never comes shown up to get his arm chopped off. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Because all he did, he waited. For all of these screams for like yep. 15 fucking minutes and waiting for the perfect time. I think that what it is is they backed up close to him and he was like, God damn it, I can't hide anymore. Hey, no, yeah, yeah. And then just gets his shit chopped, slap off, and he's like, rah! And then gets fucking chopped at. Yeah. What is it? 12 this is the, fucking times? The one time that Jason stops and just takes his time with somebody, he's just Bruh, chopping his dude up into, into little pieces. pieces. Yes. He and I had that, I had that written down my notes too, Daniel. Like Ali was just waiting for the right moment and still didn't accomplish shit. Hell no. Other than losing dude. his fucking hand. I mean, like I said, he gave Chris that little bit of time to survive, and it worked or whatever. But to get the axe, yeah. Oh man, and I liked Chris's reactions. Like at the end, like whenever she hits him with the axe, it's like I've done hanged this motherfucker, and he's lived. You know, like, I've stabbed him. He's not even affected by any of this shit. Um, I rolled his hands up in a window. That surely should stop someone. He just headbutted that bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing is stopping this thing. An axe to the fucking head is going to do it. And then whenever she hits him, and he Frankensteins after. Yeah. Like, she's like, no. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was what I love that. Yeah. Like, she's like, what the fuck? Like, she's like. At her wit's end, obviously, because after the event, she's done fucking lost her shit. But I just liked that. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, they did a lot of shit in this one that I did like particularly enjoy. You know, I also love copy of two. They had the three D effect and all that, but I really love this movie. I do too, and I love Jason's hubris. Jason is never like, uh, especially when. Kane Hodder portrays him like Jason sort of has like a a cock of the walk. He has a cadence. Kind of stride to him. Yeah. yeah. But in this one, it's 
just like a um, a hubris of someone who I don't know with Chris because I guess they have a history. Air quotes. Because when Jason gets, you know, when she hangs Jason, she opens the door and there's Jason. Jason just gives her like this little, I'm going to lift my (laughs) mask up and just show you who you're fucking with. Yeah. Did you notice though, like before that, like when she, and I don't know if it's by design or if it was just, you know, because the actor's trying to like stay on his mark or whatever. But like when she opens the door, he's looking at, he's like following her with his eyes. Like when she opens it, he's already like fucking staring. They're not closed like you kind of assumed they would be. Like he's watching her. And then it's like she doesn't pick up on it. Then she turns back and then she realizes at that point he's like looking at her. You know it's by design. And then he does that thing like you say. He fucking pulls. I just assumed he pulled the mask off because it's in the way of the rope. No. Well, he He let her know. Well, he pulls the rope up over his head. And it pulls the mask up. He gets the rope away, and then he pulls his mask back down. But it is no, funny. He it does give him a little, give her a little. No, uh, he has a man. look that he gives yeah. her, like it's me. Like, oh yeah, bitch, it's me. It's yeah. I've come to see my child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you, you aborted his eyes open or whatever. Like whatever you think that it'd be closed. It's funny because there's something I was going to bring up because um, you don't really see it a lot. You know, but uh, at the very beginning, whenever you're meeting, uh, what's her face with her mom and they're fighting before they get her Vera. hands on fire. Vera, yeah. Whenever uh, Chris first gets out of the van and she starts to walk, you can straight see the shadow of the boom of the fucking uh, mic. Just really? see it? No. Yeah. And it's like constant until it disappears. It's not just like a little in the way, in and out of the frame. It's in there for a minute and it's just funny. Off of the... Uh, Reflection of the van, which I know that was a stupid, silly thing, but I just How? Made me think of it, you know. I, like Jason's supposed to be human in this movie, yeah. right? But how fucking strong is Jason? You know, two things: he fucking throws Paul, uh, not Paul, but Rick through that window like yeah. he's nothing. But even more impressively, Nez after he gets hung, man, he's like holding himself up oh, with no. one hand. Yes. Yeah. He's like while he's that doing his little wink or whatever. Moment. He's just like fucking holding that rope with his like left hand, and then he lets go and he drops down. Yeah, it's funny because like you were talking about the creepy factor. I can't, I can't hold myself on a rope with two hands, yeah. much less hold myself in an elevated position like he was doing. Yeah, that hand. was an unnerving scene because of that. It's like, dude, this motherfucker can't be stopped, you know. But a chop to the head did it this time. And then she had the reaction like we talked about with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, man, where like she yeah. lost her fucking mind. Like she oh, was yeah. out of it, dude. She, she's hallucinating Jason well, up in a window. But then when they take her. Before we. Oh, I'm sorry. No, sorry. Stop talking Go ahead. Yeah. No, I just wanted to do like my Daniel, like whenever, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was your turn to talk. I didn't know this is when we were going to do the thing where I'm trying to make a point and y'all interrupt. My bad. I'm <laughs> off my mark. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. No, I was just going to say, like... If- so, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, that scene you were talking about, I think that is the second... Like, I think this movie has two of the creepiest scenes in the entire franchise. And... The last scene to where she sees him in the window. 
Yes. That's that's literally scary. That is. Because he's trying to get to her. He's just fucking, he's bleeding like crazy. That is a scary scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then even when he breaks through the door, like, it's it's so effective to yeah, me. It is. It, it, well, and I think, like, that scene is just to show, like, the the trauma that Chris has went through now at this point, too. Now, like, even though she's stopped Jason, like, she's fucked up. And so now she's just seeing Jason everywhere. Oh, yeah. And just think when she has to go back home and look at her fucking son, she's going to see Jason again. Dude, oh, yeah. She'll see that mongoloid motherfucker. But yeah. what I was saying, though, like, yeah, she has, like, that kind of same, um, like, thing that Sally had in, at the end of Texas Chainsaw where yeah, yeah. she survived, but, like, what's the quality of her life going to be? Because, like, when Chris is getting drove away in that fucking police car, like, she is just all over the place, man. Looking uh, out every window, fucking losing her shit, laughing uncontrollably. Laughing yeah. yeah. What she's was really dying. funny about that is her laugh starts while they're walking her to the car all nice and carefully. She starts to giggle and cry a little bit. And then she's like, once he opens the door, she goes a little bit more to the crying, like, ah. And he straight goes straight into cop mode. Did you notice? He just shoves her fucking head down and shoves her into the car. I mean, she, he doesn't shove her in the car, but he shoves her head down and just kind of, you know, flicks her into the car, closes the door like it was a fucking criminal. They're going to charge funny. They're going to charge her with all these crumbs. They're going to be like, obviously, this frail little girl crushed Rick's head. With her bare hands. Exactly. And then threw him through a window. <laughs> and tried to blame it all on this poor, you know, yeah. survivalist that was living in the middle <laughs> of the woods. This dude obviously has uh, mental limitations. Yeah. She tried to pin it on him. Exactly. Man doesn't even have working plumbing. Nope. Uh, that's... Before we end this episode, I do want to mention why the fuck... Is Chuck using an outhouse when this cabin has running water? Yeah, I know, right? He needed a reason to go outside and smoke a joint. Not in 1980. What is it, too? 82, yeah. 82. No, not in 82. I don't know. I don't know, like, why they have a fucking outhouse, man. I have no idea. Yeah, no, like, they have running water. Yeah. And we know there's bathrooms in those cabins because we played I mean, Friday the 13th, the game. I guess it is as simple to as this. Although they do have outhouses in those games. Didn't want to take a shit in there because it was going to be a bad one. They needed a reason for him to go outside. So what's the reason? Oh, hey, here you go. Nature calls. And, a, and apparently, like, from the, the memoirs book, like, the... The day players played a trick on them and had like a torch lit underneath that outhouse. So when he sat down, like his ass was on fire. Oh, yeah, that sounds fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Man, um, that, that fucking rem- that reminds me of high school. And I don't know if y'all had this, but we had people that do this. Like, like a PE, like if you're on the bleachers, people would go under the bleachers and like either like use a lighter and try to catch your butt on fire or shove a pencil through the cracks and try to stab you. No, I wasn't trying to get raped with pencils or 
arson. Well, that that shit happened in my high school, man, to the point where we would sit on fucking like notebooks and stuff. Jesus, this is in Texas or is no? Thomas this is in Mississippi. It was no fucking Thomastown. Oh, Southlake. <laughs> yeah, well, Southlake. that wasn't a joke. I fucked up. I thought uh, Thomastown and Southlake were the small ones, and I knew you would come from one of the small ones. I like you, man. But yeah, it, but, <laughs> this motherfucker is about to come out his shirt. <laughs> this, uh, but that 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 joke you were talking about just reminded me of that shit. I'm like, who the fuck does stuff like that? But so, and maybe I'm just not cultured enough or have enough world knowledge. I don't know. But how the fuck does an outhouse work? Like, I know, obviously, there's no plumbing, but, I mean, like, in my mind, it's just a hole in the ground, but eventually that hole has to fill up if you keep shitting in it, right? I would think there would be a bucket situation going on. Then you go toss the bucket in your neighbor's yard. (laughs) That's what we do. So they took that shit and threw it in in the Jarvis yard? Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Um, Yeah. Well, outhouses aside and, and the functionality of outhouses and how to use them and everything, which, oh, you know what? One more thing about outhouses. That seems like that just fucking sucked, man. Like, because every time you see an outhouse, none of them look like the, the wood's been sanded. So it's just imagine there's a lot of splinters going on. Like, if you're yeah, the whole situation, if you're, you know, when, once you sit down, if you start sliding around and like, do you sit perfectly still when you shit? Jogging, huh? Do you sit perfectly still when you shit? I mean, I'm there to take a shit and I but get into still. a sitting position and go. Are you a, are you a statue? And make a slight smile like this. But I bet when you happens. really when you really got to go, but you like maybe you're having to force it out. You probably shift your cheeks. At that point, you get a splinter. I'm just saying, like the outhouses you see in movies never look like anybody put any effort into them. They look like they're all just hastily put together. And like, man, I feel like I, if I had to use an outhouse, I would take the time to sand the That's surface. That's because the person that was having to throw up a outhouse real quick really had to shit. Did so you say you would take the time to sand the fucking wood? Yeah, so it'd be smooth, man. That way you oh, yeah, I would feel like you would have to sand that toilet seat. And treat see, thank, and thank you, Daniel. I, I do agree with that. That would be If that was your only option, if you have no porcelain around or no plastic seats or whatever... You're definitely going to want a, a nice, smooth surface. I get that. Yeah. But anyways, what did you rate this movie, Josh? Now? <laughs> <laughs> After talking about it with you guys? It's like the worst movie ever. How would you rate your experiences with outhouses? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, you know, it's funny, though, because... have. Have y'all had any experiences with outhouses? Porta potties is the closest I've ever came to an outhouse. Yeah, that's about the closest I ever came to. I've seen some nice porta potties though. Like they had Jesus in Texas and Bucky's. No, not in Bucky's, but no, like in vacation areas. Like if you like go to like vacation areas where they like have porta potties, man. They nice porta potties. Yeah, Get the got, fuck out of here. They got like ACs and shit in them and mirrors. No, they. Don't. I swear to God, dude. At the, at that point, why not just have a fucking bathroom? I don't know, man. But like these are these are. I get, and I don't even know if they like can technically be considered a porta potty. But it's portable, but not. 
you, you get what I'm saying. It's like the little plastic fucking thing, like a porta potty. But at that point, oh yeah, at that point though, it's almost like a fucking semi permanent bathroom. But yeah, it was nice. Jesus. But the majority, like my experiences, are just like with what you know regular fucking porta potties to be. That like festivals hot, and hot, sweaty, yeah, smelling so fucking bad. You know, oh my god. So yeah, I don't have okay. experience with an outhouse as much as I do porta potties, but I can't imagine that an outhouse would be any better. Uh, but okay, where would I rank? Where what do I rate Friday Thirteenth Part Three? Um, I'm gonna go four stars. Oh, yeah. I this this in Part Two. Is a toss up. It's literally a toss up between my second favorite. You know, actually, yeah, I prefer this one over part two. Four stars. Like, there is something about this movie that, for as much as they uh, falter on, I love the look of this movie. I love the intro. You know, we we haven't really talked about Manfredini in this movie, but like this entire movie was sort of driven by Manfredini because it's it feels like the music is so constant. I love the kills. I love Richard Brooker, uh, the guy who plays Jason. Um. It's it's between him and Ted White as my favorite Jasons. I don't think you'll find a better third act in terms of final girl than this movie. I really don't like, and this is this is the last final girl, legit final girl that we'll get to in this retrospective up until I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was trying to do it in my head. Uh, the remake, maybe part two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think she is last, but like Freddie, Jason, Halloween. This is it. This is it. And I think this third act between, uh, Chris versus Jason It's phenomenal. I don't want to say it's a highlight of this franchise because part four is coming up. But I love it. I love everything about this movie. Like I love the flaws in it. I find it I find it endearing. I do. It's four stars. Yeah, I was watching it and you know, when I when I was rewatching it I was you know, trying to, I was like, well, I think maybe I like part two more. And it was up until you get to the final act. And then like, I, I like the final act of part three more. And I like the final act of part two. Like I get the scene with um, Jason's mother in a shack, you know, and like, you know, it's iconic and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like third act, Chris was much more effective than third act Jenny. Um, 
like Chris didn't need anybody at that point. She was able, she was a survivor on her own. Her, her character, you know, was so strong in that final act. And she did a really good job of portraying it. Whereas with Jenny, you know, like you, there was still like that reliance on Paul at different points to where in, in different movies, but still, I like the final act of part three better. I think I probably liked some of the other stuff, maybe in part two, a little more leading up to it. So I feel like depending on the day of the week, you know, which one would you like better? I like the uh, supporting characters, I think in part two more. Like Rick is pretty one note. Uh, the stoners are pretty one note. I said Vera has the best character in the movie, and then you know Shelley. I mean, honestly, is is kind of fucking dickhead. Like you know, you're supposed to feel sympathetic for him, but just like Daniel said, you know, he just keeps bringing his shit on himself. Yeah. And so I feel like the characters. I, I kind of like some of those. Um, the kills. Some of them were kind of samey, and I think it was kind of hampered by the 3D effects and areas but like i said i do really enjoy the movie and i think i gave part two three stars and so i would give part three three stars too just because once again i don't know once we do our final rankings i'm not exactly sure where i'll fall based on like which one's going to be where um i guess maybe we'll see how i feel at the time but i did really enjoy the movie i like this movie and I, you know we talked about it like this is a three movie run it's as Good as like you know probably any three movies in, this, in these movies we're gonna be talking about, and then it has. In a, and I know there's gonna be a differing opinion on part six, but I feel like it you know it does something. The series will also have a little bounce back with part six that some of these other series don't have. After that first initial run of like really good movies, so, yeah, three stars. Yeah, and I and I I like that. I agree with that because yeah, this sixth movie compared to really any, you can throw them all out there. Any number six of these franchises that go on and go on, and they're peaked out at the beginning, and they kind of drop and sloop, stoop, and then they do some little more silly things or kind of whatever. You can still watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, and it's Jason killing people, you know, and it's entertaining. So I agree with that, um, but. Part three, we get the iconic mask. We have a great final girl fight because I did want to bring that up as well. Like, I loved it because it wasn't overdone. She didn't just, oh, shit, snap, and now she's Alice from fucking Resident Evil. You know what I mean? She's doing things. She's noticing um, advantages, you know? He's right by that rope and he's not moving. I'm going to put that fucker around his head and knock him the fuck off this thing. You know, it's just right there. Oh, he's distracted. There's an axe right there. That's why it's brilliant to be in a barn. You know what I mean? You have all yeah. these different things that you can do. And uh, I like the kills. And I know that you were saying, you know, uh, some of them or whatever. And it sucks because, you know, in the mindset, it's not, okay, let's, how are we going to make these some cool ass kills? People want to see kills. What are our ideas for this movie? And it's like, oh man, we should show him smashing someone's head into the tiling of a, of a shower. That'd be really cool. And it's like, well, we're not going to be able to get 3D effect much out of that. We're trying to find things to really push yeah. this 3D. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, all right, you can stab him with a pitch pork, pitchfork <laughs> and then the, the handle could kind of 3D out at you. And it's like, well, yeah, stuff like that. So they're having to kind of go around that. 
So you can tell that's where that hurts them a little bit. And then whenever they have this thought of that'll look great. Well, now they're a lot of money and a lot of time in, and it's like, this shit kind of looks stupid, but we're, we're, you know, we're dedicated at this point. We have to. Yeah. But, um, anyway, but yeah, but I really enjoy this movie a lot. Josh had asked about how many times I'd watched it a lot over three dozen for sure. And, um, for me, I rate it a three and a half. I was, uh, I wasn't sure where I was going to land on it whenever I first watched it, but, um, I was thinking probably two and a half, you know, but watching it and just absorbing it for the moment and how it feels and also looking at it in a sense of how they were having to operate back, you know, when they did do it and what technology they had and stuff like that. You know, I try to take all that into consideration, but, but yeah, I really liked this movie, man. I really liked it. Like I said, this, um, Jason's franchise or the Friday the 13th franchise really is it's holds a special place when I look back, you know, like I'm not looking forward to watching Freddy's dead at all, you know, <laughs> but you know, well, consider yourself like Jason you, takes you, Manhattan. You I'm, only... I'm going to be okay with getting through that one. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I you agree only, with you. Yeah. You only have to watch Freddy's Dead and Jason Goes to Hell one time apiece. Me and Josh yeah. will have to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, but I, three and a half. I, I'll let it on three and a half with this one. I will say this. Uh, you know, again, like, I think um, Manfredini, I think, you know, we we didn't even talk about the opening disco theme, which out of context, I would hate it. But in this movie, it's so fitting because this movie is so honestly, it's as different to this franchise in a certain way as part five is. To where it's just sort of out there. You know, it's sort of beyond the um, the the orbit of this franchise. But then, like, I, I heard that disco theme. And then as I'm watching this movie, like, almost throughout most of this movie, Manfredini's score... Is just so prevalent, like every scene. Um, there's a there is a music note, and I went to iTunes and I just previewed um, the score to this, and it's so fucking good. And we, I, me personally, I have praised Manfredini on this podcast so far we're on the third movie and I think he shines here more than he does in any of the other movies we've covered it's so goddamn good I mean the disco is kind of silly and it's funny and we could take a you know we can have a laugh about it uh 
But outside of that disco score, like the score is so is so fucking good, and just Jason getting his mask, and then Jason becoming who he is. I mean, that takes so much precedent for me. Like, I love it. I love it. It's a good one. So. What's the next one? It's either I, I don't have it in front of me. It's 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 finally we're finally getting a nightmare, or it's final chapter. It's um, I think season of the witch, then final chapter, then nightmare. Oh, it's season of the witch. Mm. Oh, Daniel, you, do you want to sit this episode out? I bet you're oh, hating I'm not that energy. Do this episode, it's fucking. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. It's not worth my time. Yeah. <laughs> Zero and a half stars. It's not in his canon. Worst movie ever. Yep. Tom Atkins blow me. No, you would need to suck Tom Atkins off. Don't no, Tom Atkins. I'm just trying is, to sound I'm just trying to sound tough on the podcast. Obvious. No, Tom Atkins ain't sucking suck your Tom dick. Tom Atkins off if he walks through my door right now. What the fuck am I insane? Yeah, you better. If Tom Atkins walked through that door right now, you better suck his dick. <laughs> Season of the oh, Witch, oh, man. man. Oh, man. I, for some reason, I just I thought it was going to be a little later on. I, I, no, I, it's like not, 80. Yeah. I am excited about finally getting to some Nightmare on Elm Street, though. And I'll be excited oh, for me about too. three I movies. I can't wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'll be hating the fact that we've made it to him. It's like, but, okay, I'm done with this entire project at this point. It's nothing but <laughs> shitty movies. There is... The back half of this project is going to suck. Oh, oh yeah. it is it is a steep decline. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm so excited to, to get to that. I'm excited to do Season of the Witch, too. Um, Season of the Witch is going to be fun. Mainly just because Daniel... Oh, Daniel ranking this. Oh, hey, you're going to catch so much shit. Oh, I'm going to make Daniel rank all the episodes of the podcast after we're done with all this. And he'll probably rank seasoned, which is our worst episode ever. Even below Lionheart, which, you know, we lost halfway through when it was me and you trying to do a watch along. Jesus. Yeah. Whoever listened to that. Mitchell. I can't believe you posted that, honestly. <clears throat> I listened to it and I was like, oh yeah, fuck, I forgot they had audio issues and it got cut out. Right yeah. when it was getting good. <laughs> it, uh, you use that term loosely. I meant to say right before it started getting good. <laughs> you, were anticip- you were anticipating like a rise in quality, which may or may not have happened. It did. Spoiler it alert. <laughs> yeah. It got great. But yeah, it's all right. Cool, man. Uh, man, Season of the Witch next. And then you said Final Chapter and then finally A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. yeah so you could, uh, I don't know which one comes before. Well, we'll figure it out. But that's a good little run. I'm excited about that. Um, all right. So well, it was a good talk on Friday the 13th Part 3. I think everybody here would recommend it, you know, you know, regardless of like how we rated it, you know, star-wise. I mean, I think everybody would say, yeah, go watch it. Yeah, you know. Thank you for allowing me and Daniel to speak with you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We we are so appreciative of you taking your time and allowing us to 
intersect with your space. Hey. Yeah. So, anyways, fuck you, Josh. Uh, you know, um, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, you being a dick when I was just trying to be polite about everybody being on here. And Daniel, I enjoyed podcasting with you, buddy. It's always a pleasure, Josh. You can go to hell. I'm sorry, what did you just <laughs> fucking say to my Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I mean, like you know, and everybody that listens, man, we appreciate y'all listening. Thank you so much. And uh, always, yeah, we'll we'll see you next time. When we talk about Season of the Witch. Well, we'll see you next time with whatever episode's next, but Season of the Witch is coming. It is. So, Ciao. See ya. Bye. Peace.